to the Fanatics 4 podcast directly to you. This is episode 103. Uh, a bit different this week. AJ and Parker are both at PAX East. So we're doing a Loot Pots takeover. So I'm uh, Max Wright. I'm joined by Pete and Bessie. What's up, internet? And I'm uh, joined by Stephen Murford. Hello. Yes, we are Loot Pots. But first, I'm going to have to uh, do the, the housekeeping for everyone else. Um, so you can support Fanatics 4 by going to youtube.com forward slash Fanatics 4. Uh, you hit the join button. And then for $5 a month, I think it is, you get access to exclusive badges and emotes. You get gaming time with them. Uh, you get switch keys every now and again. Uh, there's an exclusive Discord channel uh, for people that are supporting. Um, you can also do the same on Twitch, and it's free. Um, you can also just join the Discord, Fantastic Sword Discord, by clicking the link in the description. Um, there's just people talking all the time, doing trades, doing raids. And all sorts of things, um, but this isn't a Fanatics Four podcast anymore. This is a this is a Loot Pots podcast. So I'm going to pass over to Pete to do all of our plugs. What's up? Welcome to the Loot Pots Takeover episode. So if you want to check, if you end up liking this enough to want to come follow us, um, if you're watching on YouTube, our Twitters are all on the screen. Uh, but you can come find Loot Pots at LootPots.com, where we've got news, reviews, everything under the Nintendo sun. Uh, you can also head over to our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash LootPots. Uh, you can check out our podcast, the Potscast, uh, where I am the host. Steve's on it every week for the most part. Uh, Max has been on it once or twice, but you know he's got a job and. His hours suck. Yeah. Well, they're normal hours, actually. But Well, yeah, we all have weird internet hours, so we can yeah. do what we want. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if you, if you end up enjoying us, uh, the podcast is a great way to come get some more. We've got our own Discord. We've got all that stuff. So um, come check us out. Give us a follow oh, on Twitter, at Lupons. Good. So, uh, Pete, this is your, what, first ever time on this podcast? Sorry, I just remember. First ever time first ever on time. this podcast for uh, the <laughs> and it's also Steve's first time. You've never, never been on the show before, have you? No, I haven't. AJ came on with me and Pete on the yes, on the podcast, but I have never been on on their channel. So. Well, welcome. This is a lot longer, uh, and a lot <laughs> so good luck. Also, it's nice to have another Brett on the show for once. Yeah, we can talk about crumpets and things. Yeah, but we're still recording at like ten at night. It's, I know. Cool. Oh, let's get in early. With you know, with Pete's internet job, you know, fine. Um, so usually we'd sort of start the podcast with a, what are we playing? But you guys have your own show. Uh, you've done that already. I've not played anything interesting this week that I didn't play last week. So we're actually going to go in and uh, make ourselves more jealous of AJ and Parker by talking about PAX East. Because PAX East is this week. It's, um, it's, it's, you know, against all odds, against the coronavirus threat. And now it's like the only thing that's yeah. not been cancelled this week, right? Yeah, I mean, it was. I feel like it was too close. Like, it was, it was already happening, yeah. and people had already, you know... Wheels are in motion. You know, you can't stop wheels, so... N- Nintendo's like, we've already got the bridge for this Animal Crossing <laughs> yeah. booth. There's no way we're sending this back. The bridges cost a lot of bells. bells. They cost so many bells, the bridges. <laughs> so, Pax East, yeah, I think the biggest, the biggest thing for Pax East this week has been this, this gorgeous Animal Crossing booth. Uh, which I think takes up like most of the space that's there. I mean, it's taken up most of the Twitter feed about PAX East, at least. Um, there's like a giant, bigger than life-size, like terrifyingly large kaiju Tomnook. Uh, I think there's an Isabel <laughs> as well. There's a giant Isabel, yeah. And there's, there's a, there's a um, KK Slider as well with his guitar playing Wonderwall all weekend. Um, I just I just saw the the a, a gif of the Tom Nook just like fishing. Fishing. <laughs> yeah, it's just. Can you imagine like you're paid for like what a, an eight hour day to stand around in a Tom Nook costume with a fishing pole? What well, a you job. Think, you think he works there? No, that's just one of the guys who's just scared of coronavirus, so he's just got the biggest <laughs> mind. It's just a really dedicated cosplayer. Yeah, exactly. So what does this what does this do for your Animal Crossing hype? Seeing all of this, I don't know where you guys sort of sit on Animal Crossing, but with with all the life-size animal crossing stuff and how good all that looks what does this do for your height levels 
I, I'm incredibly jealous that <laughs> I'm not getting to see this in real life. Yeah. But the fact that the water actually moves and is being projected onto the floor is it? oh, just phenomenal. It's like they've gone next level. It's that's where, that, that's where that, all their marketing budget's gone this year is just towards PAX East. That's why they're completely silent. That's, that's why they've done no Drex. They've yeah, just they cancelled them. They're just like, let's funnel like, all the money. <laughs> making a village is not cheap, guys. <laughs> My thing is, you know, they could, if they like don't cancel GDC and some of these other conferences that people are pulling out of, Nintendo should just make it bigger, you know? Just yeah, like keep yeah. adding to the village. Just just commit. Just have like a bubble, like a quarantine bubble that's just all Nintendo stuff. And you can just sit and play your Switch and just be healthy. Like, you know what? We're not releasing any other games. We're just going to keep marketing Animal Crossing. Go <laughs> buy it. <laughs> so, alongside this gorgeous uh, big old. Uh, village they've set up there's also some sort of details have come out as people have been playing the game stuff that wasn't in the direct um mm-hmm. some little stuff really like the the did you see that you push in the right thumbstick and it changes the camera from like the newer rolling mechanic to the top down sort of gamecube style one now pete you played on the gamecube right animal crossing yeah. now what what do you prefer what should go what are you gonna what should you go to um, I actually always preferred the gamecube style because it gives you a little bit more of the the screen you know, yeah, like yeah. I think that the whole, um, the rounding effect that was yeah. introduced in the DS entries, like the it's very cool and it's very unique, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I think that it's something that I totally understand why people connected with it because it definitely sets Animal Crossing apart visually in a way that I think is cool. But um, given the option, I'm definitely going to go for the classic. Yeah, of course. View. So I'm, I'm stoked to have that option. Yeah, I'll probably swap between. Um, but I mean, I've never played an Animal Crossing game before, so I'll just sort of see what's Oh, really? Wow. This is your first one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never touched it. My girlfriend's oh, wow. really into it. She's put like, you know, hundreds of hours into New Leaf. Um, so I've, yeah, I'm, I'm going all in there. You know, I've, I've got two copies. I've got like a really expensive copy for her. Okay, so, so you, you're doing the two copies then? Because we had this conversation with Pixel on the on the <clears throat> podcast this week. <clears throat> and he didn't realize that to play on the same island together, to like live there, you have to be on the same console. So are you both like having your own separate islands and you're like holidaying yeah, we're gonna have our each own, other's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's got her own Switch. Um, and also I've got my own Switch. So yeah, we're going to do two copies because there's going to be a lot of time. We don't live together. So there's going to be a lot of times where she's going to want to sit with no makeup on for six hours a day mm-hmm. not looking after herself and just looking after her village and then i'm going to sort of maybe dip in and help out and things like that and also have my own village because i like to spend some time alone as well so that'd be nice um so yeah i think that's how i'm that's how we're going to go about it what about you pete is, is your girlfriend into animal crossing at all uh this is going to be her first one but she yeah she definitely wants to check it out and um she's going to get her own copy because you know that's just how we roll yeah. you know um <laughs> so i yeah yeah oh cool okay cool mm-hmm. yeah i, I think, got um, one uh for her birthday last year and she oh, nice. is upstairs playing fire emblem right now <laughs> and has been for the last like six hours or something is, this, is, she, is she on the third playthrough now like yeah this is her oh, third wow, playthrough okay. now you've yeah, really tainted see. her haven't you you've ruined her <laughs> please <laughs> that's not me <laughs> oh, okay. see, I, yeah i no. She's more interested that. in jumping in on this one because of the sort of what what looks like more of a Stardew Valley vibe to it than previous games because you have more control over what happens outside where your villagers sure. go yeah. how everything looks and you can sort of make it yourself as you know before it my understanding of it is that you're living in this world and looking after this world but there are just things will just pop up a house will just appear in your how your flower bed that you've made and you don't really have much control over how things look whereas this seems a lot more like Stardew Valley which I enjoyed and spent a lot of time with as I know Steve did as well so. Mm-hmm. Mm. There's also I a lot like of other Stardew stuff. Valley. Though, though. Oh, do, you, oh, do you like Stardew Valley? Yeah. 
I didn't know that. <laughs> never, well, we argue so much. We never talk you about never asked, Max. You're too busy <laughs> cyberbullying me. I'll be honest, I've any... never really heard you go, oh, yeah, Stardew Valley. Like, I, I'm yeah, exactly. really putting some hours into yeah. it. What are you like, oh, since oh, I've known you, how, how often have you played it since I've known you? Like, I dig into I that mean, game like, at least every couple of months. Yeah, but like, I played it a lot before we met, I guess. Like, I put like 60, 70, 80 hours into it. <laughs> That's not die hard enough. Okay, I'm sorry. I haven't played for 500 hours, hours like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, they've added some other stuff as well. Not just customizing what you can do outside. People have now found that there's sort of like uh, houses where you can customize doormats and you can customize things like phone cases for your Nook phone. And there's like bags you can get. Um, and also all the sort of the gender options and the customization has things like face painting as well, which is I think is new. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fun, you know. There's a lot of lot of new stuff, and also there's a new trailer that came out that has the pixel art customization, where you can put it on uh, like an easel, or you can put it on like the floor, which I think is new. And it has like a, I think you, you maybe you used to be able to do it, but it had like a white background, whereas now that's completely clear. So you can just put your art down. Which for me, as someone that has done pixel art for like most of my life, to be able to put stuff like that down is quite cool. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to be able to take advantage of your skills as a pixel artist. Um, and that's all <laughs> totally new. It's just like the degree in which you're able to do it. Yeah. Increased. Like it was mainly you've always like, been able to make patterns and like yeah. you've been able to like set them as like wallpaper and mm-hmm. like um, t-shirts. Like, t-shirts. Yeah. T-shirts, umbrellas, like hats, yeah. all kinds of stuff. But um, yeah, it's like definitely a bigger degree of customization. than Yeah. Ours. It also seems like a higher resolution square than what we had before. Like the mm-hmm. level of detail in that trailer, she yeah. was she was doing something pretty high res, whereas before whatever you did kind of came out looking like what you wanted, but it was definitely lower res. It's very like eight bit. <laughs> yeah, during the direct, they did a Tom Nook T-shirt, didn't they? That looks quite because it came from the 3DS, and then you scan it in with the phone, which mm-hmm. which wasn't actually confirmed until mm-hmm. today that you had the option to do it on the Switch, which I'm really glad of because I don't have it on 3ds i can't transfer anything in so to be able to make the art in it and hopefully share it for you through qr codes um that'd be really cool to sort of share stuff with with you guys and anyone else and take commissions you know that'd be fun animal crossing i'll, I'll I take bells <laughs> take paypal you know that's um, a great idea yeah yeah yeah. so alongside all this stuff at, at pax with animal crossing they also announced some new games well they announced like some of them we know about um some of them are new dates some of them are new trailers and things like that so there's a, sure. a new alien hominid game which i think is a remake are you either well, i know Steve, you're not aware of Alien Hominid, really, are you? Um, I've I've kind of seen it or heard it. It looks a little bit like Invader Zim to me, the, the little yeah, dude. That's funny. Um, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that too. Well, I can I can speak to Alien Hominid a bit. Cool. Um, if you guys aren't as familiar with it, I'm really uh, glad you're here, Pete. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a, a, just a well of knowledge, Max. Um, the Behemoth is uh, a, an indie studio that got their start uh, back in on Newgrounds. Yeah. Like in early Flash days, and Alien yeah. Hominid originally started as a Flash game before it got ported to consoles, and it was, I believe, the first game of its type to like make the jump to mainstream. That's gaming. cool. Um, and then you know it's been released and re-released a few times, uh, and then they're the same team is also responsible for Castle Crashers, which yes. I'm sure you guys have heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have one other one that's names or two other ones maybe that's names are escaping me right now. But those are kind of the two games they're most known for. Um, and this actually looks like it's a, a proper sequel. Yeah. Oh, is it a sequel? I thought it was like a remake. Oh, okay. I, I, I mean, I guess it could be. It says it's, it's, oh, it's, called, know, it's called Alien Hominid Invasion. Okay. So it's that very game. much seems like it's a new game. And there's a lot of things here that are not present uh, in the original, you know, and it definitely looks like there's a lot of like 
new and different content. The art style is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So um, it's, it's cool seeing it could like be this... a remake, but it, it seems to me to be a sequel. Okay. It's kind of cool. It's sort of like poster child of the Flash era, like alongside, I remember Super Meat Boy, the original Meat Boy was another one of those, you know, it started off as a Flash game and then just became something else entirely when it moved over to, to consoles. I can confirm this is a new game because at the end of the trailer, it says a new game by the behemoth. Oh, we go. Lovely. <laughs> I you did watch the trailer. From... You've watched what? the trailer. Wow. <laughs> I've watched the trailer multiple times. <laughs> I didn't pull it from the air. I guess I, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Well, yeah, that's one game. That's, um, that's, that's I think it looks pretty cool. good. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I'm definitely a fan of, uh, of the behemoth. I wasn't a huge alien hominid guy. Like I've played mm -hmm. it a bit. I was more a castle crashers fan. Yeah. Um, but this has that same like co-op vibe. Um, so that was what was so fun about Castle Crashers. That was that a was game I remember, like especially in high school, uh, my friends and I were really into for a while um, and would just like sit down and do runs after runs after runs kind yeah. of thing. So uh, if this can recapture some of that, uh, that magic, I'm all for it. Well, then, Mr. I've watched the trailer. Is there a release date or a release window or something? No. Uh, no, there isn't. Ah, okay. Well, it's, it's coming. Yeah, it says that it's 2020 demo build slash in development. There's like okay. a watermark in the upper left corner. So I'm going to guess that uh, it's, you know, probably it's not. Probably. It's 2021, is my guess. It yeah. says in the description when development is complete, Alien Hominid Invasion is planned to launch on Steam, uh, Nintendo Switch, and Xbox. No right. word on PlayStation. No, it's not PS4. Okay, I thought it was PS4. I've obviously just assumed, obviously, it's coming to PS4. So you just did no research, is what I'm hearing. It yeah, just says well, yeah, Xbox as well. So whether that's coming to Xbox One or whether that's coming to. Well, yeah, because it's probably, yeah, there's, there's nothing, nothing really confirmed, is there, I guess, right yeah. now? Yeah. Um, well, a game that I know is not coming to PS4 and it's not coming to Xbox either is uh, Sludge Life from Devolver Digital. Um, this looks weird. I like the this really looks like the cool. art style, but it looks weird. I don't. I don't know. Is it a game? I can't work out if it's a game or not. But I'm. I'm into. I'm into the. Of course, the it's a game. What does that mean? Well, like it. The way it just it, it reads is like you know you sort of roam around, you do your graffitiing, you you talk to people. There's a a cat with two bum holes. That's as, that's like the eternal question of is something like Gone Home a game? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, to me, like as soon as it's interactive, it's a game. Yeah, right? okay. like I'll, I'll give you that. Um, that's, that's my take on that whole matter. So uh, yeah, to me, it definitely seems like a very absurdist kind of like, you know, like awesome. it's almost, it's like a, it seems like a slice of life kind mm -hmm. of game. That's got like a graffiti angle. Yeah. You yeah. Know? It's interesting that Devolver Digital sticking with their releasing things on switch and Epic game store before anything else. And then porting things later. Like, I wonder if the switch is doing so well for them because all of their games seem to be doing that coming to, yeah, Coming to yeah, Switch, I know they, coming to PC, and then coming later to everywhere else. I mean, they definitely did that with Pico Niku, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and um, what's one where you've got the banana? My friend Pedro, they did it for APAL. Yeah. They did it for mm -hmm. Katana Zero. Um, yeah, just loads of games that they, they just see. I mean, they obviously like the Switch, and Switch obviously yeah, likes them. I mean, I think the proof's, in the, the proof's in the pudding there, right? Like, when it comes to uh, Epic Game Store, I'm sure that they're getting a financial incentive for making yeah. it come there before Steam, um, because Epic's clearly been happy to do that in the past. And with Switch, I think making your game for Switch first is like a really, really viable strategy for a lot of reasons right now, because A, all of the current gen consoles are about to become obsolete, except yep. for Switch. And also, indie games generally sell better on Switch. We've seen tons, tons of developers and publishers come, come, come out excuse me, and say <laughs> that their games sell better on Switch or sell yeah. the most on Switch. So why not target those places first? Because you can get a kickback for Epic and you get a better uh, percentage return on it 
as yeah. well um, because of the develop the split that they make and you're going to sell more copies, the most copies on Switch anyway. So like if there are some people who are never going to play it on those platforms, you get them when you get them or you don't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's um, yeah, no, you've said it all. <laughs> you've, you've covered all the bases there. Have either of you seen the website shopslunchlife.com? Yeah, I saw that like they had a... merch, yeah. Oh my really God, it's an cool. incredible website. Like those little pop-ups come up and it's like an interactive cool little site. It's I really like wanna... 90s site because I was on the, I was, oh, uh, this is on my phone awesome. looking at it and the scroll bar is like an actual like physical scroll bar, isn't it? But I like, the merch is kind of cool. The hat, it's weird that they're sort of really going in hard on the merch. <laughs> I really want to buy the burger t-shirt. I'm yeah, like, I, so really wanna, like I really want to, I really like this ghost tee, like the, and the ghost patch. I love the fact that they've literally just called it double butthole cat figure. Honestly, yeah, I would wear that. Buy. I would wear that t-shirt even if I don't like this game. It's just a cool design. The ghost yeah. one. They're really going yeah. in with the look of this. Like it's very like clearly a game that's supposed to I remember they, they were actually advertising this EP, the, the big mud bubble up EP before the game was announced. So they wonder what that's doing. With like. a, a strong visual style and they're doing it with the merch, you know, front and center. It's really going to do oh, the beanie. I want the beanie. Yeah, yeah the, I don't the, know. The face. I think the ghost hat is really nice. I think, it's, I think it's interesting because I think a lot of people will look at something like this and be like, um, oh, I can't believe they're already making merch or it's like so like greedy or whatever. But I, I think it's it's not like about that as much as it is like they're trying to they're trying to like establish a, a, a style, you know, and I feel like the merch is like kind of part of the marketing campaign, you yeah. know, that yeah. it's, like, it's very visual style oriented kind of thing, you know. Yeah, it's also interesting to see a mature sort of eighteen rated game that isn't all about you know it's not mature because of the, the yeah the violence of the swearing is mature because it's got cigarettes and it's got you know just weird stuff like that like you can buy an ashtray and a lighter and there's a little <laughs> knitted cigarette that you can buy and yeah. yeah it's interesting that it's leaning towards more absurdist stuff than just oh you know people die so it's an eighteen yeah yeah I don't know I'm I'm interested in it but my my hesitation is I think a lot of Devolver Digital games have better marketing than they do content. Yeah, I can see so, that. And I, I, I don't mean that as a, I don't mean that as a slight, like I, I like Devolver and I think they do some good work, but like I reviewed my friend Pedro or yeah. my name is Pedro. My friend Pedro. Yeah. My friend Pedro uh, for, for loot pots when it came out. And um, I was way more impressed by that game's marketing than by its content. Yeah. I so, the same because like because looking, looking at this, like it seems unique and I'm interested in it because of that. But how engaging is it really is going to be the question. It was really like a meme, wasn't it? It had like the, the banana, it had all of the cool ballet stuff. But then when you actually played the game and it was kind of just that. Yeah, it's um, a little, it gets a little samey, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think APAP was quite similar in that, you know, once you've done it a few times, you've done it. Um, whereas I, I think... Ah, uh, see, APAP, out, APAP's really good though. Yeah, it is a good, <laughs> like, I'm not saying it's not a good game. But I think, I think AJ always says it on the podcast that anytime he gets an email from Devolver Digital... He's like, yeah, I'm gonna play this game. Like, they they release good stuff. They always release good stuff. Like last year, one I think one of the standout indies for me was Katana Zero because it was just so cool. Um, and that was another another Devolver one. So that's cool. Yeah, uh, yeah they def definitely I'm do. Definitely picking this game up. Yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. picking this game up. It then I love cool. the art style. It, it, it looks stuff. Yeah, it looks like someone drew it in Microsoft Paint and yeah, then like yeah. animated the thing. And yeah, it's like three D pixel almost, isn't it? Yeah, and the fact that you can like run around graffitiing stuff like i haven't had a game being able to do that since yeah, Jet Set yeah. radio or uh tony hawks underground I used it's to just got an immediate brand doesn't it an immediate Heck yeah <laughs> it's one for it's well that's probably why it's 18 because it's one for us one for us oldies sure <laughs> yeah so let me let me know how that one is steve i'm i'm interested 
Yeah, so the next game, I guess, uh, that was this was announced this morning. I'm not sure how related to PAX it was, but they announced it with a PAX demo. Uh, it's called Kimono Heroes, um, which I like the sort of the look of it, but I hate the sound of it, and it just does doesn't do a lot for me as a, as a fan of platformers. It's cute. I like the character designs, um, but I've not had a lot of good experiences with NOS games. Before. I think it looks a little generic. Yeah, have you heard the the if you if you're listening to this or watching this, pause this, watch the trailer for it. Um, but just listen to the sound effects of things being hit and swords being swung. It just sounds like they've downloaded the cheapest audio pack they could find <laughs> to, to to cut some corners, save some money. Um, I don't know. I, how I, lo- I love how the website doesn't load either. Like you click on the link on on the yes, yeah, it's just four hundred four. On the tweet, it's just a four hundred four page. Yeah, it's like nice Crazy. job on the on the launch. There, Good job, guys. NIS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's embarrassing. Hang on, they've, that's because they've misspelled the the link in. Uh, Change the second e to an O. Oh my god, they spelled their own game wrong. Oh my god, yeah, there's a follow-up tweet. Oops, here's a corrected link. Yeah. (laughs) Just delete the first one. You only have 58 retweets, like, six hours later. Yeah, I think I caught this just as it came up, and I was like, cool, I'm not going to learn more about your game then, am I? Um, I think this is out now, actually. But yes, it's exclusively to the the Switch digitally. Uh, Yeah. How much is it? It is, if it's anything over a tenner. Ah, that's fifteen dollars. That's, that's that's fine. Yeah, I mean, like, I could see, I that. could see it being a fine enough time, but I just, I think, like, if you want a four-player co-op game, like, there are a lot of options for that on yeah, the Switch. Yeah, yeah, and this yeah. doesn't look like it's anything particularly special. Like, yeah. It looks a little floaty. It looks a little basic. Like, the character design is fine. The pixel art is fine, but I, I, it's, it's, it's. There's nothing about it that feels particularly stand out to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is probably maybe why they haven't given it much of a push because it's just sort of a $15 indie title they're going to pop out on the eShop and then see what happens. Yeah. They're just publishing it. I don't know who, who's developing it. Probably them. Mad Gear knows? Games. Who? Mad Gear Games. Like, I've never heard of them. Cool. Uh, well, that's, Do that's, some that's, research, Max. Yeah, well, I did my bit. <laughs> I, I watched the trailer. Um, so this oh, one... did you? <laughs> watch the trailer. I tried decided. to go on the website. I didn't want to research to, it anymore. <laughs> I tried to go on their website, Pete. I tried. I clicked it. <laughs> He um, tried. <laughs> Mad Gear uh, Games has published more, has developed one other game according to their website called A Whole New World, I uh, which I also haven't heard of. No one to tell us no or where to go. Anyway, uh, <laughs> a lovely singing voice. Oh, thank you, Pete. <laughs> um, Pete, baby, I need you to go with this one as well because uh, I've not played After Party, but you have. I sure have. So yeah, After Party is coming to Nintendo Switch on March 6th. Uh, if you're not familiar, After Party is uh, a game by Night School Studio, who you may have heard of for their game called Oxenfree. Which, um, oh, it's them. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. this is their, their kind of follow-up to that. Uh, not that they're related at all, and they're quite different games. Uh, but I, I played After Party on PS4. Um, over our, our winter break, God forbid, sorry. Have some patience, uh, Pete. <laughs> and uh, I, I enjoyed it. I didn't like it quite as much as Oxenfree. Um, Oxenfree was, it was a horror, you know, mystery, eerie kind of thing that had this like very interesting familial drama. And it, it was a lot more uh, serious, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that was to its benefit. Whereas After Party is sh- like straight up a comedy. And there are some interpersonal beats and stuff like that. Not to say that it has no heart or nothing serious in it, but it's definitely a comedy. And I think that that's really cool because it's, um, so the, the whole premise is these, these two best friends graduate college and um, they end up in uh, hell. 
and the entire game is about you and uh, you know the the two main characters who you can like switch between and like play as either of them in different scenarios and you know it, it affects the way that certain things play out to some degree um, and you have to go and like challenge the devil to a drinking contest Excellent. to get your souls and return to earth you know and yeah, and, and the, the gameplay, it's all, you know, like dialogue option choices. But the kind of twist on it is that since it's all like drinking games and stuff, you can choose different drinks and it gives you different dialogue options depending on which ones you choose. Oh, cool. So that like adds this element of strategy to it that's really cool. So it's, it's, it's a good game and there's a lot there. I just, I didn't like it quite as much as Oxenfree. And maybe it's because Oxenfree caught me by surprise. Maybe it is just because that, you know... Um, that setting and delivery spoke to me a little bit more, but uh, I, I enjoyed After Party throughout mm. for sure. And I definitely recommend it because it's, it's very unique. You know, there aren't a lot of games like it. Um, yeah. You know, there, how often do you get a, a true comedy? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good when, you know, there are games that sort of weave a bit of humor through them, but for a game to be sure. out and out comedy is kind of cool. What, what's your take on this, Steve? Because I know you quite like adventure games as well, don't you? Quite like. Yeah. It's, it's a game I, I've been looking at playing. It is on Xbox Game Pass. So if I was going to pick it up, I probably, okay. would, I probably would play it there. Okay. I was trying to find a review I read on this game, which was playing this game as an alcoholic. So, like, someone who's like a recovering huh. alcoholic oh, played this game and like, had like an interesting take as to, like, I think it may have been with Kotaku about how, like, it may kind of glamorizes drinking a little bit. Whereas... It sounds like the kind of thing that Kotaki would put out without fear, whereas there are probably some some uh, outlets that wouldn't put something like that out. See, it's interesting, because I don't, I don't agree that it glorifies drinking, but I can't say why, so play the game. Mm, okay. okay. Um, that's my take on it, anyway. Yeah, I, I'm not a big adventure game guy. I'm, I, I'm a gameplay guy, so I'm probably, probably not going to pick this one up. But You, I think... you liked Oxenfree, right, Steve? I haven't finished Locks and Free, but what I played about, I okay. liked. Okay. Um, I, I did quite like the the visual style, which I know is very different from this, and I did quite like the story. I think the writing is really what sold that game, like visually and aesthetically. I don't think it was incredible. No. Uh, but the writing on the game was what I think draws people in. What's That's very one... much the case with this game. It's that, and the voice acting is very good. What's the one that came out around the same time as Locks and Free? That's kind of, I don't know if this is a spoiler, like set inside a video game. Uh, it's another point-and-click adventure game. Hmm. I can't think. Not you mean it's set inside a video game? What? Yeah, so it's like set inside a video game is the sort of the twist of the of the game. It's a point-and-click adventure. Oh, it got like a physical release last year. I can't remember what it's sure. called. Thimbleweed sure Park. Thimbleweed. No. Yeah. Thimbleweed Park. It didn't come out last year. No, it didn't say last Thimble... year. So it came out around the same time as not after party oh. as um the other Did one. Did you spoil the end of the game? I don't know. No, is that the end of the game? I don't know. <laughs> oh. You just spoiled it. You just spoiled it. If anybody oh. was thinking about oh, bags, all I, that's all I know. About guys, it. he's that's he's not about. on the podcast normally. Oh, so you, if you like me and Steve, but he just ruined that game for you, feel free to bounce out and go listen to our it's show. It's been out for years. There's a, there's a spoiler limit after a couple of years. I'm moving on. No, there is not enough for that game. Thimbleweed Park is one of the most incredible adventure games ever is it made. Good? Oh, yeah, it's from the crea- it. it's from the creators of Monkey Island. Oh, no. You just ruined it for me. Let's move on. Uh, quick one. This isn't. We're not going to go too deep on this one, but it's like something I thought was worth pointing out. Um, Super Rare Games have revealed that they're doing seven new physical Switch games, which I know there's a lot of um, fans of, of Switch games. So this one uh, comes from Luke Cross, actually. This one, good old uh, good old Danny Edmonds. Um, he did a just to, just to talk about what they were really. Um, so the games are Dandara, uh, Android Battle Cactus Plus, 
which actually is supposed to be really good. That one. Um, the they keep putting out, it out, so it must be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with, with the plus, I'm assuming this is at least the second release. So, uh, the sexy brutal, Mech Extermination Force. Really want to give that one a go. I really enjoyed Gunman Clive, and I like the work that the guy does. Can't think of his name. Uh, Darkwood Freedom Finger, which I thought looked really bad, but I think a lot of people enjoyed it. Um, and Steam World Heist, another very good game. So that's a good little selection of people that like physical games. Um, we have a good relationship with Super Rare Games. Um, George has been on the podcast before, hasn't he? He has. Uh, on the podcast, sorry. Um, so yeah, check them out. They're usually really good. I think they started to do uh, physical uh, like steelbook cases, which is really nice. Mm. Um, I love a steelbook case. So to, to have sort of indie games get steelbook cases is nice. They did World of Goo, right? Yes, that's them. Yeah. 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 They're also uh, notable for... Um, like they do a good job. You can go listen to the the interview that we did with him where um, with George, where uh, he talks about how they don't like, they don't announce the the release until like all the ducks are in a row. So that there's not delays in production. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're like, if you like buying the limited edition physical indie games, like they're, they're a good one to go through. And if you're in the UK, you probably don't have to pay ridiculous, uh, Prices. You absolutely don't, Max. That's my main right for a limited run yeah, game. I've never bought I, into run game. I spent. I bought one. I bought one game from them. I finally bit the bullet. I bought uh, Divinity Original Sin Two. I'm oh, still nice. waiting. Still waiting on it. It should be here in April. Did you know Parker got sent the one in the wooden box, the physical oh, edition? Really? Oh, yeah, nice. Came out. Yeah, yeah. So he was like already playing it digitally. So they sent in the game. So he's been playing it with his friend Mitch, which that's I'm awesome. very jealous. Um, so yeah, that's just a little bit. So uh, on to the main news topics. I mean, actually, we've got quite a bit here, actually. Um, quite a bit that Pete doesn't care about, but still. Um, I, Steve doesn't care either, so buckle up. Oh, that's I true. really care. I, I, I could care about everything. Don't, if you're going to spoil it, don't spoil it. Right. Uh, so there's a new mythical Pokemon announced, uh, which we had a, a silhouette of it a while ago. Um, yeah. There was the half silhouette, and I was like, why does this chicken have like tiny hands? And then they did the full release, and I was like, okay, it's a, it's a monkey or something. And it turns out it's a monkey or something. Um, it's the like, rogue monkey Pokemon, Zerudi. Yeah. I, I don't know about this one. Purely because it, it doesn't scream mythical to me, because they're usually quite small and cute and blah, blah, blah. Um, but also someone's pointed out to me that knows about Pokemon more than I do, which Pete, I know you probably will have something to say. I sure Grass do. and dark type is just not a good type combination. It's like four times weak to bargain. It's got loads of weaknesses. And the only thing it's really good against is like psychic, I think. Is um, that correct? You will say it has a psychic immunity and yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a terrible type. Like you, you're weak to fighting and fairy, which are both very common attack types, which is a problem with dark. Um, four times week to bug, yeah, and four times week to bug because it's Bugs. dark grass. Yeah, yeah, but 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 the thing is, four times week to bug is doesn't really matter because there aren't that many attacking bug moves that are popular in the metagame. No, okay. So yeah, okay, like if for, if you're gonna be four times week to anything, bug is not a bad one. <laughs> like aside from like leech life, which got a bump in damage, so now it's a little bit more common. Um, you're, there there aren't a lot in U turn, right? But like. Yeah. It's not that common, right? Like fighting and farrier are way more, more of a problem when you're a dark type. But yeah, yeah. dark type isn't a bad type necessarily because, okay. like, again, you get that psychic immunity, um, which isn't as common in an attacking type. But you know, um, an immunity is an immunity, and uh, especially like if this thing ends up being in Ubers, you see a lot of psychic types there. So yeah. there, that's in something. Fact, you can only use Uber Uber Pokemon in 
modes that allow it or tournaments that allow it. Is that right? They're yeah. So when you're when you're talking about like the tiers from like the Smogan single set, like Uber is the highest that it's like all of the Pokemon that are basically broken, you yeah. know, that are like too good to be in regular play because they dominate the metagame. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it could find a niche there. It, it, we really need to see it's like stats and stuff before we can talk about like how viable it is in whatever given tier it ends up in, you know, but if you're playing like VGC, that also changes season to season. So it's, you know, we'll, we'll have to see what its moveset are like, what, it, what its moveset is like and, mm-hmm. you know, what it can really do. I don't think dark grass is like an inherently bad type. Because yeah, yeah. you also um, get a you get an electric immunity as well, or not immunity, but resistance, which is you know that's pretty good. So uh, you, you got some stuff you can do there. I'm really nodding my way through this, like yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, got some good follow up questions. I know all about that. Yeah, yeah. What, Let's talk about the design, though. What do you? How do you I was going to say, what do you think design? I think he looks goofy. I don't. I, I do think he, he doesn't look like a Gen Eight Pokemon. He do, also does. He also looks. It's another grass monkey in a a generation that has three grass monkeys as a starter type. Yeah, I saw I saw a uh, I saw a tweet where someone was like, "Oh, this is like what the ev- final evolution of Grookey should have been." It's like <laughs> I would have been I would have been down for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I, I did a similar thing where I was like, "Oh, they finally completed the line." Because it just when I looked at it, I was like, "The years kind of come up like um, Rilla, not Rillaboom, Thwackies do, and the little bands around Thwackies' arms sort of grow out, and it sort of has the same sort of stance. Mm-hmm. It looks more to me like how I would imagine that line to go than Rillaboom ended up being." So um, my thing, my thing with it though is I I don't dislike it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't love it, but I think it's I think it's a solid enough design. Um, and I I like it as a mythical Pokemon because I know like you you made the point, Max, where it's like oh usually they're like small and cute. We have enough Pokemon yeah, that like look the same and like feel like another version of something we've gotten before. Yeah. We don't need another. Oh, this is the Mew this time. Yeah. This is the you this, go, yeah, this you go five generations. You go Mew, you go Celebi, you go Jirachi, you go Manaphy, and then you oh, what sorry? Teeny. Big team. That's it. Yeah, yes. They all yeah. they're all and, the well, same. And Jirachi in there too. I did say Jirachi, didn't I? Oh, did you? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I know my I know my mythical Pokemon not to jump yeah, You're right, you're right. <laughs> uh, and then, then Manaphy you know, even has another form that looks exactly like it, the Fiona. Yeah, Fiona. Yeah. And then like Shaman's kinda like that, but it's not oh, exactly the same because it's not like a fairy. But then like, you know, We've gotten a few others like Keldeo and Darkrai and stuff that are a little bit Dark, different. Yeah, Darkrai so. was, was a different. I didn't even know Darkrai was mythical because he seems to be the counterpart of Cresselia, but Cresselia is a legendary and Darkrai is not because, you know, it's like moon and dark and day. Yeah. And, yeah, whatever. Well, I'm, um, I'm looking at the Bulbapedia mythical Pokemon page and Darkrai is in the art for it. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I think, when I think it's squarely he, in that camp. He was touted <laughs> as the next mythical Pokemon. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I mean, like, We've gotten more variants in in their design and stuff as time's gone on, you know, and like we have gotten um, a lot of like interesting typings and stuff like that. Like Volcarona is obviously a unique design and unique typing. Yeah, exists. It's cool, but what's the one with the the one that's the 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 rings and then it becomes a giant Hooper? Hooper. Those two Pokemon, I forget they exist. Yeah, and Marshadow, I forget these Pokemon exist because they just they just release them. You know, they like download off, it. Yeah, you just download season. it, and then that's it, and you move on. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, I I see it a lot because I place randoms on on uh, Pokemon Showdown. I get them out. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I see them every once in a while. But uh, like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, like, I'm not in, I'm not in love with him, but I'll defend him. He's cool. Yeah, we don't know we don't know when this comes out, do we? Um, but I'm assuming it's going to come out around about the time of the movie. Uh, you know what? I just saw it on Bulbapedia, so let me just pull that back up. Oh okay. 
Um, but yeah, I think it is. Made me in my research. Right around that time. Yeah, you're doing a great job, buddy. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be in the new movie and it will be released with it as well. Okay, cool. So that's, that's fine. Um, probably just a download. Same as they have been for a while. It's a shame that they should. I could see them doing an event in game. That would be cool because they are doing downloadable content and things. So it would be cool for them to do it. It just seems, it seems odd that they announced two <clears throat> new legendary mythical Pokemon for the DLC and then announced a third one that's not related to the DLC. Um, it just seems odd because we went from not having really any legendaries because there was no legendary trio. There was no random legendaries dotted about. So just having three new ones that are going to appear but it's going to be good that the other two are going to be built into the story and things like that whereas yeah. it seems just like another magina or uh who was the one from Z- 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 oh Z- zaroka Z- i think Z- it's something like that yeah, i forget it's yeah. the electric type yeah, 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 yeah i mean this is i think they, they do this every gen though right like this is just this is a thing that they do so. oh yeah 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 so so, yeah, I, I sort of took some time out of Pokemon after Diamond and Pearl. So all this stuff that I then learned after it all just seems like still seems new to me, even though this is just yeah. how things are now. So oh well. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of cool. It's good to, that we're still getting Pokemon news, um, and they're still doing things with Pokemon, and they obviously will be supporting this game. So that's good for those of us that enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, the next next bit is uh, the Yacht Club games. I'm not really doing well with the uh, the old transitions here, am I? Parker's usually got some sort of segue or some sort of really good transition or he'll just yeah. have a conversation. I'm just, gonna, I'm just ending the end of the chat. We're moving on. Let's go. Uh, yeah, this, I mean, if you don't bring to... attention to it, no one that's, notices. That's what I was about to say, Steve. I'll it's edit, like he's just I'll throwing edit. himself right under the bus. I'll edit this. So I, I like to criticize myself. So people go, no, no, don't say that. You're all right. Which I'm expecting. It's uh, like when oh, so you were, fi- says, you were fishing for a compliment. Is that what I'm hearing? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> if you've got any, I mean, I'll take them. <laughs> Uh, so there's also another event this week. Uh, York Club Games did a second one of their York Club Games Presents, uh, which is the Nintendo Direct style stuff, purely for them, which I think is quite a nice format. It's exactly the same as the Direct format. Um, they just get Even the more so this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, get, they had a presenter. They had a couple of presenters. They get the news out. They It was 10 minutes long. We learned a lot. Um, so let's start from the top. We got a release date and a new trailer for Cyber Shadow, which uh, looks amazing. And I'm really jealous that um, Parker and AJ have been able to play it at PAX. A lot of people have played it, gone hands-on with it. Um, it's a game that I've been excited for since it was like a series of gifts on uh, Mecha Skulls. Mecha Skull? Yeah. On Mecha Skull's um, Twitter feed before it was even announced to be attached to York Club Games. I was following and liking and retweeting, like, what is this? What is this? And then here it is. It's coming out this year. Um, this looks like what I would have wanted more from The Messenger. Because the messenger leaned quite heavily on comedy, whereas this seems to be like all in. You're you're a cyborg ninja in the future, and you're doing cool stuff and all that all, all that sort of stuff. It's not a Metroidvania, is it, mate? No, no, this one's not. This one's just uh, I think it's just level by level. But you can okay. go back into the levels with new things that you find and um, and find new paths and new stuff like that. I believe. I think okay. that's correct. I did my research a while ago, but I think yeah. Um, then they sort of go ahead and under undermine all of this cool action you know serious stuff by adding amiibo support with fairies yeah. what's wrong with that what's wrong with that's amiibo? nothing wrong with it nothing wrong with it i'm just saying you know i, I, I put on my cool my cool voice a second ago i put on my inner world voice and now they're going <laughs> fairies with your amiibo which i think i think is quite cool um, i should need no cooney voice i spent all this money <laughs> on plastic and i need to use it for something <laughs> do you have the shovel knight amiibo i mean i'll be shovel knight fan aren't I, you? I have never played shovel knight wow. And and I know Pete, you can't shake your head. You paid like two minutes of The Witcher, right? What? What? 
whatever. It's fine. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? I can be disappointed that you haven't played Shovel Knight. You don't even like The Witcher that much. Stop poking Pete because he's going to drop a swear. Stop poking it with your stick. I've been good. I've been good. You, I've got a note on here of a swear that you dropped. So I didn't that. actually swear. If you, you go back and listen, enough. I started to and you caught myself. You were close enough. I'm going to have to <laughs> It counts. Um, so, as I know that you're already, you know, in fully in on Cyber Shadow, Pete, Steve, what does this do for you? Cyber Shadow doesn't do a lot for me, to be honest. No. Um, I'm not a massive fan of kind of going back and doing an eight bit style. Yeah. Uh, for me, I kind of think we've we've kind of moved past past that. I've seen what we can do with games. No, like uh, like Stardew uh, Valley. I know I'm fine with that, but that isn't like a hundred percent faithful to like an eight bit style with a black, a fully black background and places and things like I that. See what like you mean. I, I see. What you I'm see. I'm fine with pixel art, but like we're, we're at a point where we can make absolutely gorgeous pixel art. So I don't need to kind of just see what it's like, what it would have been like if we played this game in 1989. And we spoke about this on like on the podcast and like. I'm a big fan of the cutscenes and and how mm. how that all works, and I think it's incredible that one person has has developed this. Yeah, like has has drawn it, has done the music, has done the development, all of that stuff. I think it's incredible, um, but it's just not a game for me. So I, 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 I think maybe about 2008, 2009. I think I really got into retro games. I had a PC, didn't have any consoles really at the time. Um, other than a Wii that didn't really work. So I was just like downloading emulators, downloading ROMs. Oh, no, I wasn't. I was using copies of games that I owned, um, like NES games. I went and... to yard sales and bought Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. And, then I, and then I just copied the code straight into the emulator. Um, you know, I was playing a lot of retro games. I think Mega Man 9 had just come out, and I was really into that game. I never played a Mega Man game before, so I went back and oh, played cool. all the Mega Mans, started going through the NES catalog, just picking games out. Um, one game that really stood out to me that is a really niche game, uh, was a game called Kabuki Quantum Fighter, which actually I had a copy of on on NES. I just found it in a random thrift store in the UK. I've never seen it. No one's ever mentioned it in my life. I happened to find a copy of it. But anyway, um, there's a lot of the design and the way the cutscenes work in, in Cyber Shadow that really remind me of of that game specifically. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really. I guess it's probably a, a sign of the times of that sort of late 80s cyborg, sort of futuristic kind of thing. Um, yeah, it, it does speak a lot to me the sort of retro style all of all of that stuff there's a really cool youtube channel i'm just going to find it or um which is basically one of the developers that made the games for the mega drive and he did the um the toy story mega drive game hmm. and and he breaks down how they like so if you're at all interested in like game development he breaks down how they like um how they developed it it's called game hut um, so he did like a whole series on coding secrets and so they did like a cool 3d effect for toy story which is basically oh, like cool. faking parallax and they've got like how do we get so many colors on like really early consoles and it breaks down how they managed to do it and they had to like do so many coding hacks and tricks in order to get as many colors on the screen as possible because yeah. the mega drive could only render like a certain number of colors at once yeah it was capable sure. of 16 million colors but it actually had like a palette of of eight colors that it could render on a screen at once so they had to use so many different kind of hacks in order to do it it's really interesting to watch uh watch him like break down how, how they went through it so check out game hut on on youtube if you're at all interested in kind of game retro games. Hut. Yes, game. It's hot. really interesting that like that those kind of games were made. They had sort of like 
break things to make them work or like really mm-hmm. jam stuff together as now when you watch boundary breaks how a shoulder made video and it's all made in unity in 3d but they've just limited themselves to the nes look and, and things like that but when you like come out of the camera and turn it everything the parallax is literally there's like huge gaps between everything and then they just turn the camera and there are all those in parallax all working as it should it's quite interesting how they uh how they do things like that yeah yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's funny to think how far we've come. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that people are now limiting themselves to these old style, but they're doing it really well. And I think it's, it's I, I like that works. though, right? I mean, I, there's something to be said, I think, for um, art being made with limitations. Yeah. Right? Like you, um, you're challenged to do things, to be like, to be creative and make concessions. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, you like, I think, yeah, yeah. And I, like, I, I always go back to like, how great the soundtrack of a lot of Game Boy games are when they, yeah. there were only three channels, you know? And, like, it really forces you to craft melodies that are memorable because you can't rely on big swelling chords and stuff yeah. like that. You Which know? is why I guess a lot of, like, the most famous video game music is the classics of the NES stuff. Chip tunes. Yeah, it's just simple simple melodies. Yep. Um, Mario theme tune is just so simple because it is so memorable. And I'm sure there are, there are songs in the newer games that are memorable, but nothing will stick as much as something so simple but so iconic, I guess. I think, though, you can design two limitations and a set of rules, and you could lay out like a, a set of rules of how a game's going to be. Like if you ever look, go back and look at like the original Diablo design guidelines and how they build that game, you can, you can design to those and not build a game that looks like it did in the past by still being faithful to it. Look at Hollow Knight, for example. It's such a look unique, at Shovel Knight. That's like that's oh, what makes Shovel Knight. Shovel, good. Yeah, Shovel Knight is it's it's very much in the NES art style, but that game would not have worked on the NES because it is no, so yeah, it, it's like what it it like it looks like and sounds like an NES game, mm-hmm. but without like it doesn't limit itself based on well, this is how the NES worked, yeah, right? Yeah. Like. Yeah, like but they the have themselves on it. It's an eight bit and things like that. So, funny you mentioned Diablo. I don't know if this is a, a story you guys have heard, but it's a story my friends told me about six times in the past. That the original Diablo, when they were first making that game, the the sort of the higher ups were going, "Oh, this needs to be turn based. This needs to be turn based." So he sort of like made it turn based. Whoever was doing it, and they made it turn based, um, and it didn't really work for them. So then they made each turn like a millisecond long. So it was basically when they when they actually played it, it was playing in real time. They were like, "Look, each turn is this is this quick, so everything you're doing is happening in real time." So I think that that's how Diablo was born. I think it's quite every game's turn based. Every te- it, technically every game. Apart is from Final Fantasy VII remakes, no longer turn based. Not turn based. <laughs> it's the first not turn based game ever. <laughs> uh, moving on to something that it also isn't turn based. I did it, uh, or is it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon has been revealed, which is a, a new game, brand new game from your club games uh <laughs> i'm so excited for this He's game excited. it's in collaboration with a, a company or a developer called vine which i've not heard of before um but it's just sort of a, a puzzle game with shovel knight characters and shovel knight uh design um it's mixed with like a dungeon crawler so it's part sort of dropping puzzle yeah game, part dungeon crawler it's, it's like poyo poyo meets a roguelike meets yes. a dungeon crawler yeah it really reminded when i was watching it, i was like is this the is this uh brace yourself games is this the guys that made uh Curse of Necrodancer, Cadence of Hyrule. No. I didn't know. Well, I, I thought it was because it had that sort of like that look of they're moving in a beat and you go oh, into yeah, the shop like, and the shop like is jiggling. Yeah, yeah the, you go into the shop and the shop's moving as well. And it's like, I it think it, not it, it looks like, you know, on an iPhone when you want to delete an app and you like hold the, <laughs> hold the like thing shapes. down all the icons yeah. are like jiggling. Yeah, <laughs> it does. <laughs> so Pete, you're the resident uh, fan of this game. What, what do you think about this one? Do you think this is a, a, a good move for... For the series, a good move for them. 
Yeah, totally. I, I think um, Shovel Knight is like the poster boy of, of indie games, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah, most iconic one. Yeah, and I mean, like, it was the first, like, really, like, huge success story from Kickstarter mm -hmm. that wasn't built on the back of nostalgia. Yeah. You know, like, obviously, it's a retro-style game, but, like, it's a new IP. And yeah, it's not like one of those ones, like, oh, from the creator of Mega Man, here's Mighty Number no. 9. From the here's Mega Man again, Mania. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so... Legal copyright infringement, that's what they call that. <laughs> yeah, sure. So with with Shovel Knight, like I, I think that Shovel Knight is a brand and like a character and iconography that can like extend to kind of anything, you know? Um, in the same way that like that a Mario can, right? Yeah. Like he's in every indie game that has cameos like Shovel he's Knight. In Smash Brothers as well. He's you in know. Smash Brothers. Like what's interesting about Shovel Knight being a poster child and one of the biggest success stories is that Hollow Knight has outsold it. Hollow Knight sold more copies than Shovel Knight. I, I'm, I'm almost 100 percent sure because Shovel Knight they announced their their sales figures last year or earlier this this year. It was last year. Saying, "Oh, we sold this many copies." I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." Looks up Hollow Knight. I was like, "Oh, it sold like a million more." Interesting. Look it I up. Do the research. No way. I'll, I'll be shocked. And if you're wrong about this, you just like you've embarrassed yourself for. Oh last yeah, if time. I'm wrong about this, Grimpain's gonna like. Jeez, man, attack. you haven't even you haven't done it. Okay, so in 2018. Uh, which is again two years ago. Yep. Uh, Yacht Club Games said that they sold sold two million copies of Shovel Knight mm -hmm. on Hollow Knight on the Wikipedia. It says that it sold. The game has sold two point six five million copies by September twenty nineteen. Is yeah. what the game said. Hollow Knight or Shovel Knight? Hollow Knight. Oh, Shovel Knight. So, oh, Shovel Knight? So Shovel, okay. Knight Shovel Knight has sold two point five million copies by September twenty nineteen. Yeah. And what did you say Hollow Knight was? It's. Uh, it looks like it's around 2 million that was in 2018 right um as, no. as, sorry as of february 2019 hollow knight has sold over 2 million 800 2 million 800,000 copies 2.8 million copies yeah wow that was in february that's, 2019 that's insane yeah right it's crazy I'm so like, surprised someone, by that yeah someone the other day said something about oh why isn't hollow knight in smash and someone said well because you know shovel knight only got in because shovel knight is is this iconic character and you know you, yeah you, Hollow Knight's more niche, and I was like, "It's not niche. Hollow Knight's factually not niche." I, I did the re I looked it up. And I was like, "Oh, yeah. oh, what? Really?" That's that's like hugely shocking. To it's me. crazy, isn't it? Because Shovel yeah. Knight's been released on everything, and Hollow Knight's been. I mean, it's been out for a lot longer. Too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, but Hollow Knight doesn't isn't heralded as, as as much of a success story. It's heralded heralded as a as an incredible, you know, nearly flawless yeah. game. But it's not heralded as this poster boy of Kickstarter, poster boy of indie games. It's not appearing everywhere. Um, Hollow Knight got yeah. that like game of the year kind of credence yeah. and status yeah, though, yeah, yeah. but that's not something that Shovel Knight was ever kind of really privy no, to. I think it, I think it was very like 2014. I think when it came out, there was a big. I think towards the end of the year, it, it appeared in a lot of award things because it took everyone by surprise. It took me by surprise. I actually found on Reddit the other day. Um, I was trying to find an old post, and I found a post that I did of of me saying, "Can't believe I held off on Shovel Knight, thinking it was just some throwback." you know, uh, platformer, yeah. and it's, uh, I was, you know, blown away by it, and I still am to this day when I play all of, played all the, the new ones, recently played King of Cards, and was just blown away by it, because they just put so much effort, and it's just so, so, so well-crafted. Should I play this game, man? I really should what, play this game. I think you yeah. should, yeah. What, did, you mean the original Shovel Knight? Yeah, I've never Absolutely played any of them. Should. There's four yeah, of them, there's four full games, they're each sort of independent, but you play them in order because it makes sense for the story. <laughs> I never got into Hollow Knight. I don't like Metroidvania. It's not a Metroidvania. It's okay. not a Metroidvania. Then so I, it's, I, yeah, essentially, it's like a Mega Man game in that you're playing against, you know, each, each 
person has a themed level and then a boss at the end. But it's a Mario game that you're moving around a Mario-style world. Okay. It sort of takes a, there's like an overworld map, yeah, and that's yeah, how you yeah. move forward. That's like got like a Mario World kind of vibe. Um, like the knights are kind of like robot masters, like you said for Mega Man. Yeah. Like it's got trappings of those old school games. There's then, secrets like, to find. I think there's the thing about Shovel Knight you might like is that unlike a lot of sort of Metrovanias that are quite lonely and they, you know, that's part of their design. This is very much all the characters have personality. The writing is so good yeah. in some of the later games, the relationships that are formed and the, the stories that they craft just through this sort of 2d art is really, really good. I think you'd really enjoy it if you, if you gave it a shot. Um, I, I have such a soft spot for Shovel Knight because oh yeah. it's, it's like, I really think it's, it's like a, a 10 out of 10 game. Like oh yeah. the presentation 100%. of it's amazing. The gameplay is great. I think it's like the music is great uh and it's like you said it's it, it's got heart you know like it's it's weirdly emotional in in a very like kind of like quiet way mm-hmm. like it's not like in you a, wouldn't expect as well yes yeah like it's not a, it's not a capital eg emotional game like mm-hmm. celeste is but it's like it's it's got it's got something very meditative about it in certain it just really does, it, does it have that level of like accuracy i mean but I, no it's no it's, it's, it's definitely more forgiving than that yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. A, a lot of people characterize it as being very hard um mm. but it's not as hard as something like when you compare it to like old mega man games it's it, yeah it's, it's not as hard as mega man yeah, yeah yeah but those old games were like hard for a reason because they were they were short and the games were expensive yeah. and that was like the only game you were going to be playing for like four months until yeah, yeah, your yeah. mum or your dad bought you something new but yeah, it was, just, so it was like, just how do you take arcades and take the coins out of it? Or you just make it harder and make it last yeah. longer? Excuse me. I definitely think that I think that Shovel Knight is accessible enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What, you said that Shovel Knight could kind of work for anything, Peter. What other games would you want Shovel Knight to come in? Do you want like a Shovel Knight RPG? That's exactly like what I would. That's paper exactly Shovel Knight. I, I don't. To me, I don't really care. Like, it's not like a thing where like what I really want is Shovel Knight Two. That's what I want from Shovel Knight. Yeah. You know, um, I'm content to wait for that. I'm happy to let Yacht Club make you know other games. Mm-hmm. Like, I uh, I wrote an article about how they have two new games in development. One of them might be a new IP. Like, you know, whatever. Yeah, I'm they did an interview them. today saying that one of them is likely Shovel Knight or something. something yeah, so like I did that. see that. Yeah, yeah. and I, I saw that as well. Which great. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'd be. I'd love to get a shovel knight too. Yeah. Um. Whenever they're ready for it. But in fact, I sorry. I'm gonna. I'm gonna backstep. I don't want a shovel knight RPG per se. I want a yacht club. A game yacht club RPG. Because yeah. I want to see their artists, their uh, their musicians. Uh, Brian Kaufman is that his name? Something Kaufman. I don't know. Um, I think so. And then their their writing and their characters and all their design and things like that. I want to see that play out in a an rpg in that kind of world wherever they stick with the pixel art they got now which i really think they do they're like the masters of 8-bit style pixel art yeah. no one sort of does it quite as well as them um and the fact yeah, that- I, I agree with you i would love to see them tackle an rpg but for yeah. like the actual shovel knight brand i i think it these kinds of spinoffs like a shovel knight dig and and then pocket dungeon that are like these arcadey games that just mm-hmm. use the iconography to you know put, put a, a puzzle game over or something else like that or like how showdown was a fighter and like it was like a party fighter like i'm happy to see the brand do stuff like that but i don't really I, if you had asked me when i finished shovel knight oh do you want a shovel knight poyo poyo do you want a shovel knight fighting game my answer wouldn't have been yes yeah. right like that's not something i was itching for until you know they they proved to me that i wanted it because mm-hmm. it was good i, I that's how I feel about Yacht Club in general. Whatever yeah. they want to do, I want to see. 
I've been thinking for the last couple of years, I would have really loved it if they did Shovel Knight, which is a throwback to all the best NES games. And then they did Super Shovel Knight, which tackles like Mega Man X, Super Metroid, Castle, Super Castlevania, things like that. And they moved into Shovel Knight 64, which is like an old sort of like a, a 3D that, Yeah, that's what they've been saying. Like in old interviews, if you go back to like when they weren't working on Shovel Knight for seven years, that was kind of originally the plan. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think they ever... The DLC just expanded and expanded, it. didn't it? It went from just like playable characters to just four entire games on their own, with their yeah. own stories, their own sort of like collectibles, their own bosses. The multiplayer mode became a totally yeah. unique oh game. yeah 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 really, it was just, it's just the love and work that's got into it it's just it's just amazing it's definitely a game i think you'd, you'd probably enjoy if you gave it a ghost deep what you have missed out on is is it being ridiculously low priced before they added four uh, games yeah. to it, when it yeah was i bought it i bought it twice and i still feel like it was a steal <laughs> yeah i bought it four times i think um and yeah i think it, i bought it i bought it three times before any expansions came out and then once i bought it when uh the newest uh, no when um Spectre of Torment came out. I bought it on Switch launch day. Again on Switch. Like, yeah, I bought, it on, I bought it on Switch launch day as yeah. well. And I originally played it on uh, Vita and then also replayed it on PS4 because <laughs> you got two copies for one, baby. <laughs> yeah. But, it, but it's now sad to see that Shovel Knight is, uh, is finally over. The game's finally complete. It's not sad. Good for them. Yeah, well, yeah. Sorry, for yeah, them. They them. crossed the it finish line. For them, but it is, you know, it's sad to see something you've we've obviously had for the last six years that we've really loved and enjoyed come to an end. But yeah, like you say, good for them to move on to something. I'm, I'm ready. Stuff. I'm ready to move on. I'm ready yeah. for the next thing. I don't think they're going to go back with this final content update, but I think it's, you know, it's nice that they put a pin in it and say, this is it. Yeah. Yeah. Go go and read the article by Jason Schreier on Kotaku called The Seven Year Saga of Shovel Knight is finally over. And you won't feel like sad that it's it's yeah. over now. <laughs> they are ready to do something. Yeah, else. I can imagine. Also, um, shout out to Jason Schreier's book Blood, Sweat and Pixels. One of the copy or one of the chapters is about Shovel Knight's development. Yes. And yeah. the fact that Shovel Knight exists at all is like such a achievement. I have a feeling he's probably going to follow up on it as well in the next book that he's currently writing. I hope so. It comes up in the Q&A later, actually. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll, leave, yeah. we'll leave that then for, yeah, for we'll later go, We'll on. go back to that in a second. So, yeah, that, that's it. So, Shovel Knight, there was a good little collection of things. They obviously announced two new IP. Um, and I think... So, you didn't link to my article that I wrote in the, in the news notes. That's nice. Did I not? Whatever. No, Whatever. It's not, it's not your article. Whatever. I'm Fine. Just, let's yeah. talk about oh, no, Platinum now. Sorry about let's that. Let's do that. There's your segue. <laughs> I thought I did. I, it turns out that Chloe wrote that, not you. I didn't look at who I was. Oh, that's Pete's one. That'll do. I'm sorry, man. No, no, anyway, it's fine. Platinum Games. Let's talk about something I like for a bit, uh, which, which we have just done for the last uh, 10 minutes anyway. Uh, so, Platinum Games, there's been a lot of Platinum Games news this week. They they went from having the one game and then the four empty spaces on their Platinum 4, um, and we've just got two and three come out within a day of each other. Um, so, yeah, let's start with the. So, Platinum Games is Project GG, um, which is a game that Hideki Kamiya spoke about in a, I want to say, what's the what's the magazine? It's not important. Mitsu? Just go ahead. Famitsu. Famitsu. It was in Famitsu. <laughs> um, they did an interview that came out. I think it leaked before the actual announcement came out, but it basically said it was a, their first self-published IP that they've done themselves. Um, something they're going to try and target all existing platforms. Uh, it's another action game, which Platinum is obviously famous for, and they do probably better than most other developers. Um Debatable. It's weird that they. It's weird that they. Very debatable. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> going to get into. Where's gone? Who, who's better? Uh, I would say Capcom does pretty good. Yeah, Devil May Cry pretty Five. Yeah. Okay, I can go for that. But then, I mean, the I original Devil May Cry is a Hideki Kamiya game, so. Yeah, I mean, no. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's Kamiya then, not not just Platinum. Um, but yeah, so Kamiya obviously he, he's famous for things like Beautiful Joe. 
uh, Okami as well, uh, and Bayonetta and Devil May Cry. But this is sort of a, his first ever self-published, his own IP, um, which he's referring to as the end of his trilogy of hero works, which isn't an actual mm. trilogy of games. It's Beautiful Joe, Wonderful 101, and then this uh, Project GG. Yeah. So they sort of take different versions of pure, pretty much purely Japanese style heroes of like Henshin. Yeah, like, uh, like Super Sentai. Exactly, yes. Yeah. So Beautiful yeah. Joe was sort of a Super Sentai um, Kamen Rider thing of transformation. I mean, this looks like that too, right? I mean, it's like this guy who very similar yeah, yeah a so giant robot like it very much feels like super sentai or um, yeah 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 so beautiful joe is pretty much he's exactly like common rider super sentai common rider that was the other one yeah yeah, yeah. Like, you just wonderful said it i can't remember it <laughs> wonderful 101 is is super sentai power rangers in that it's a group of heroes yeah. um and then this one seems to be ultraman which is about the the guy that can grow really big and he fights giant kaiju um yeah that's which is pretty much the end of every Power Rangers episode. So yeah, that seems to be the trilogy that he's going for. Um, so when this first came out, I was really, in, I was really into it. I was like, yeah, cool. This looks like the kind of thing that um, we were kind of expecting, especially because I don't know. Last week when they talked about, uh, we talked about the this announcement coming. Um, there was a picture that popped up on Twitter of a chalk drawing of of Platinum Man, and I said, oh, this maybe it's about maybe this number two is about Platinum Man, which is something different. April Fool's joke last year um and it seems to be that that's the case because when you look at the the trailer and the character he very, much, very looks much looks like platinum man <laughs> very much looks like platinum man so it's cool that they this is obviously a character that they've been throwing around for a while that they're going to sort of put into their own game um obviously we there's it's very sparse in details we don't know an awful lot we just know that can be directing it and that it's going to be coming out at some point but i think it looks really a man cool. saves a dog trailer? yeah that's pretty yeah, good yeah i like i like seeing dogs getting saved me too. And he grows massive and then he fights a giant monster. Like it just seems yeah. like the end of every Power Rangers episode and I'm really into it. Um, See, I, <laughs> there's no way for me to say this without sounding like a jerk. I love the premise of this game. The fact that Platinum's making it, I'm just like, eh. Yeah, you don't like <laughs> no, I'm a big, you know. I, I, I only started playing the games after Bayonetta 2 came to the Switch and I picked up. I went back and I played uh, Near Automata. I played uh, Vanquish. I played Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. I just went back and played all of their games and then uh, Astral Chain came out and that was my favourite game of last year I really loved everything about it because I just think Platinum has just such a style to them and such a, a yeah. cool sort of look and the games are just really fun even if they sometimes can be a bit button mashy but if it, if it feels slick and it looks slick it's slick so um, so yeah I'm really, I'm really excited for this um, I can't wait to see more it says it's coming to all existing platforms so that probably means that by the time this actually comes out next year two years time whenever um, it'll be coming to Switch to Nintendo Swap, as they call it on this podcast, our PS5, uh, Xbox Series X, all of that. Um, so that's that was number two. Then a day later, so they announced that they were opening in this same interview, they were opening a new studio. And that was the third announcement. It was they're opening a new studio. Um, they're hiring to work on this game, which they've already started working on this game in sort of the pre-production phase. And they're also looking into making some live service games or live live op games, I think they called mm. it, which I think a lot of people have looked at and gone, yeah, and I've looked at it and yeah. it's like, yeah, I don't know, like, is that going to be the 10 cent money coming into it? Are they going to push this 10 cent money into making yeah. games? But the article that I've actually linked in the document from Polygon kind of points out they've, they've, they've kind of dabbled in live service games before. Um, one with Dean at DNA, uh, that was the Okami looking uh, mobile fighting game kind of thing um mm. where you sort of fight japanese mythical creatures um and there's another one that i uh i can't remember what it's called but anyway um so there's two I mean, let's be real everybody wants like every developer who has interests at, at growing or yeah. becoming a publisher everybody wants a live service game yeah for sure you know 
it's just like, a show that we've seen some, some to some extent like uh, there there are some big companies that aren't bothered by it no of course not well, yeah, but I mean, like, you think about who they are, and usually there's a reason for that. Like, right? why, like, why, why are, like, Nintendo not doing it, for example? Yeah. Presumably because they're making their own too. consoles and they don't need to. Sony don't no, need to. I mean, the reason, that, the reason that Nintendo's not doing it, I mean, p- partly consoles, sure, but, I mean, I'd say that it's more likely because they, their online infrastructure is bad. True. Sony has tried to do it. Um, there was uh, Drawn to Death was a game that was one of the indie games that was incubated at Sony Santa Monica. And oh, okay. that went nowhere, you know? Um, oh, I think I they've done one or two other games in that vein, and it's just they're not good at it, you know? Because I think that – I don't think that that kind of game makes sense to do on, like – because they were, like, indie and kind the, of the, But there are some games that, like, Nintendo make that could be perfect for it. They could have continued to maintain Splatoon forever. Oh, they could have yeah, continued to I, add I, I they're, they're and maps and to stuff to it. They could, time, they could do the same thing for Smash. They could do the same thing for Animal Crossing. They can become live game, live service games, but they give them a shelf life. They say, right, Splatoon 2's end of life was yeah. two years. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, well, why? They're, not... st- they're still doing the championships. I'm going to it in like a, a couple of months' time. I know. That's just not how they make games, though. You know, it's like they have bad online infrastructure. They are have been slow to adopt making games that are online multiplayer. Like, before Splatoon 1, like, they hadn't even made a game that's focus was online multiplayer ever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to expect them to make, like, a live service game, I think is just unrealistic. You know? Like, will they eventually do it? Probably. Uh, as, as long as the trend maintains, because it's definitely been a trend this generation towards live service games and... You know, I don't know if that's indefinite, you know. I'm sure that there will always be games that are live service, but I think the trend toward them is something that I don't – I feel like there has to be a bubble and a ceiling on it eventually because it feels how like... many of these games can maintain a huge enough audience mm-hmm. to keep playing? But cross-play uh, is also a big thing now, so that lowers the bar for that, you know? Yeah, like, but it feels like everyone has, like, one of those games that they'll, yeah. always, they'll always be constantly playing, but then they're always playing something else. Not many people are, like, playing Fortnite, and they're playing Destiny 2, and they're playing World of Warcraft, Legends, or and they're playing Apex. One. They've got their one game, and yeah. then they're playing other games. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it can maintain that way, and I don't think a publisher can realistically have more than, say, two of these well, I, games. I don't think it's, like, a... A publisher thing, I. But I mean, again, like you look at like Ubisoft, and they have a, a few, a ton of them, and they're all like yeah. thriving. And like none of them are as big as Fortnite, but they don't need to be to be profitable, yep. you know. And that's that's the thing is, do I think that eventually we'll see that stop and we'll see another new trend? Yeah, but I think that's also a thing What's, that's probably always going to be a part of games from now on. What would you say is live service over at Ubisoft? I would say they've got the division and they've got Rainbow Six, but other than that, really, everything else. Can well, they've got, kind of... Yeah, they've got a couple. That's probably it, isn't it? You've got but um, and then uh, they, I think they have a hold on. Well, oh, uh, uh, for honor. Oh, they have that yeah. too. That's still going. Yeah, and, oh, it, and it's oh, profitable. Why? Like it's oh, got a big it? community. Oh, wow. You know. Like, wow. Okay. Interesting. I thought that um, so that that definitely, you know, like it's not unheard of. Yeah. Um, by any stretch of the imagination. And I, I think that oh, Brawlhalla is another one. That's yeah, a game that, that is live and they continue to They bought that support. really weird one that was meant to come to Scrotopia a million times. Yeah, Crotopia and it never yeah. ended up showing up, right? Yeah. What Nintendo has that a lot of publishers don't have that are pursuing this live service thing is just a huge selection of mobile games that 
probably do sort of come under the umbrella of live service games. Things They're like Fire Emblem so Heroes. Money from yeah. Fire Emblem yeah. Heroes. Heroes is making more than like all the other mobile games combined. Nintendo right. released uh, Mario so, Kart is kind of a live service game, and so is uh, Dragalia Lost. Is kind of a, a live service game. Sure. So, yeah. So those are the. Seriously, though, all Nintendo needs to do is Clash of Clans with Mario characters, and yep. they would make absolutely serious. Sure, yeah, just take yeah, all yeah. of the most popular mobile games and just put <laughs> Nintendo skins just on. Just ape them. Easy. Easy. But yeah, man, I think everybody everybody wants that Fortnite money, right? Yeah, everybody yeah, wants that yeah. League of Legends money. And I think if you're a studio like Platinum... And ultimately, uh, one coming is getting it, all is Tencent. They're, just, they're getting that, that yeah. Fortnite money because they bought half of I like did, Epic yeah. Games, and they're they they getting everything. They own a hundred percent of Riot well. too. Yeah. They bought League of Legends. Well, um, maybe I think with all this ten cent money, they've obviously opened a brand new studio. They're hiring for this new studio, so it's almost like there could be two branches of Platinum now. They're, they're branching into into self publishing, and they're going to take. I mean, they already have two studios too. So like, yeah, yeah. One, like, working oh, Bayonet, one so of them good. is one of them seems to be like focused on just assistance and admin. It's not really like a, a dev yeah. hub. It says in their their uh, press release that this is the first main development hub outside of their yeah. original place. Because they've right. got. They've got so many games in development now. They've got Bayonetta 3. They've got uh, Babylon's Fall. Um, they've got this pro- uh, Project GG, whatever that's going to be called. And they're now opening a new branch that's going to probably focus quite heavily on this live service stuff. Plus, I don't think this is going to destroy one's remaster. That just yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming out, you know? I'm going to... Uh, okay, fine. Uh, I don't think this is going to disrupt their, their service. But yeah, one for one remaster is coming out. Um, it's coming out... Well, we know it's coming out anyway, but there's an official launch day uh, for people that didn't Back the Kickstarter, so it's May nineteenth in uh, North America, uh, May twenty second in Europe, and then June eleventh in Japan, which is such a weird. It's bizarre, mm, absolutely it's bizarre. It's three different like days. Yeah, and, that's, and then that's they're on... so far apart. <laughs> yeah, and then and then for the backers to then get the game two weeks early, does that mean that everyone gets it on the same day, or does it mean two weeks before May nineteenth North America yeah. gets it, two weeks before twenty second? You know, it's just oh, confusing. Yeah, huh. uh, that is interesting. But so they're staggering. They're staggering it well, well, It's going to be so it's forty dollars, which is still more expensive than the backer version. But then the question I've got here is that did they need the Kickstarter? No, they absolutely did not need the yeah, Kickstarter because they've. Why was the PS4 scratch goal a million dollars or whatever it was? Because um, they wanted a million dollars. Yeah, probably is. But a lot of that's going to be in pre-orders, isn't it? So because like it, it kind of almost feels dishonest that that people, not just Platinum, this is other people like Liam Robertson that were campaigning for this game talking about this game so much you said oh you know without the kickstart this game wouldn't exist you know it's really good they're branching out into this they need our help this that and the other nintendo turned them away so they're doing it by themselves almost like you know the scrappy little fighter that's done it but actually is it just a company that had this ready to go the button was ready to push they got if a bunch this of game is coming out in may these cartridges April. were already already oh, yeah. printed yeah, yeah but but what you, what you guys are saying is like uh, not, not to be like rude or combative but it's pretty disingenuous because like and I, I, I've made it very clear on the podcast this week, and I've taken jabs at them already. I don't like Platinum, so I'm not trying to defend them. But re- releasing a game isn't free, you know? No. And, like, they're, they're a studio that has just recently become able to self-publish. And so, like... Yeah, I, but how, what, why do they need a Kickstarter? Kickstarter is not for pre-ordering games. They could have just put up, we're now open, we're releasing, guess what, guys? We're releasing this game, isn't it? Isn't it awesome? We've yeah, already but, done all the development work. Yeah, but and- so what? Like, I, 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 I truly hate when people take that attitude about Kickstarter where it's like, oh, they have money, they don't need to, to run a Kickstarter. So what, though? Like, they're trying to minimize risk for their business so that if the game undersells... I don't understand how, they've, how have they minimized risk, though? 
They haven't minimized any risk because they've already printed no. all the cartridges. Yeah, but that well, whether that's the case or not, right? Like, if you have all these cartridges printed, right, and you need to pay for them either way, and you put out the game and it doesn't sell as well as you want it to, that is a hit. Whereas if you run this Kickstarter and you're able to make some tchotchke stuff for the diehards and but yeah, get they buzz have around them. it and get excitement around it that wasn't there before and craft this narrative of like, you know, you're be- you were behind this game and you made it come. Like, yeah, like that's just, it's marketing, you know? Like, and, and I- also pushed like new, new content and all this like physical rewards and things like that for people that, that bought higher tiers and things like that. So I guess it is, it is good that fans of the game did get to have that part in it that maybe if they just made that anyway, that wouldn't have done so well, but that being able to, you know, know, okay, this is how many we're making because this is how many people want it is good. Well, and, and again, like people who want it, get the rewards and all yeah, this stuff and yeah, the collectibles. Yeah. And that's stuff that a lot of people, like they might not buy it on their store, but they'll, they want it as a Kickstarter goal because it's exclusive and it's, yeah, of a, it's a moment in time that you were a part of, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I don't, I don't feel like it's like scummy. I really don't, you know, like if you, I don't, I don't it's, think it's, it's, a, it's a way to get people to talk about a game that came out years ago and talk about it and care about it. I guess the question I have is what would have happened if the Kickstarter failed? Would but I think they would have released the game anyway. Maybe they, they, they were ready to go to PAX. They had a demo ready to go. But there was no way it was going to fail because the goal was like what? There was something that ridiculous. That was like thirty thousand. Yeah. yeah, it was thirty thousand dollars. That is, I think so. Yeah. That's even less in pounds. So yeah, which is unheard of for a Kickstarter. And so yeah, I think it. But yeah, it was it was obviously ready to go. But I just wonder why the PS4 stretch stretch goal was was so high, especially considering PS4 publishing is probably it seems to be cheaper than switch publishing because games launch cheaper on ps4 than they do on switch and the it, in my head i thought what was going to happen is the switch game is going to come out and then ps4 development was going to be starting and that will come out later but the fact that it's all launching on the exact same day when there was such a massive gap in the in the in the price because what if the what if the, the the stretch goal for ps4 never got reached that was like that was like a million dollars if it never hit a million dollars well they're just going to release the ps4 version anyway and then the case of well why have i put money towards making this happen and then oh it didn't happen oh well well i mean that could have been a way of them gauging interest and if it's worth putting it out on ps4 right because yeah yeah of course but the work you know they clearly had done a lot of the work for it obviously i know there's probably i doubt it's gone gold they've probably got loads of stuff they're still doing but it's probably in a position that it's going to be you know it's coming out in a couple of months and they they only knew that it was going to be worth doing less than a month ago as well sure the kickstarter's not finished the kickstarter's still going right but i mean like it, it is the kind of thing that like you can use that to mitigate risk, mm-hmm. you know, like, and to understand like, oh, maybe there isn't an audience for this on PS4, but there is on PC and Switch, right. you know? Yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, it, 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 I think it's like, it's a prudent move because it becomes a marketing beat. It becomes a moment. It becomes a, a way for you to like gauge interest and make sure that you're not overproducing or underproducing. Uh-huh. And, you know, you get some money in your pocket to cover some of those costs before the actual sales come through. Mm-hmm. You know, like, even if it is just a way to, like, do a fancy pre-order, I don't, I don't see that as being, like, something that's, like, a problem, necessarily, yeah. you know? I am, but, I am glad that through my, you know, through the, the Kickstarter, I'm able to get the game two weeks early, whatever that means, you know, probably not two weeks earlier than people in America, but still. Two weeks early for a cheaper price is a physical copy. There it is. You know, it answers some of the questions I had when it first came out of, like, I backed it and was like, that seems really cheap and seems really quick. And it answers a lot of the questions to me that why is it so quick and why is it so cheap in that they're already planning this, this, this release 
anyway, maybe. How would, yeah. how would you feel, though, as a Kickstarter backer, Max, if America gets it before you? Like, uh, like say, Pete could just walk into Best Buy and buy it before you've even got your Kickstarter reward. Um, I need to do the maths here. Is that going to happen? That would be that would be less than ideal. I don't think. I mean, it could happen for the Japanese people. I would be be annoyed. Uh, No, Japan Japan gets it later. Yeah, Japan gets it. That's his point. So, so like, if you are back in Japan and you backed it, and then like Pete can go and get it two weeks before. Oh yeah. Or you could download it on the. Yeah, you could go download the American one. Yeah, I'd be so pissed off. I guess I'm in a lucky position where I'm where I'm. Almost like, oh, okay, cool. I still get it early, but yeah, I guess the people in Japan that backed it maybe do feel a bit, especially considering the Kickstarter is in Japanese yen, like the the, the main mm-hmm. price. You know, it's very and all, a lot of the text is in Japanese as well. And at the top of it's it, very strange that they're doing it. It is, in, it like, is a really weird. I mean, it's similar to what Bloodstain did, but Bloodstain came out. Obviously, this is that was more due to the porting and the broken port. But Bloodstain came out like a week later on Switch than anywhere else. And that was tough to watch. Not, I didn't back it, so I didn't have that. But as someone that wanted to play the game and had pre-ordered the game, I was just watching these people play on another console and going, mm-hmm. oh, you know. And That's even if I backed it, I still would have had so. to have wait. I feel like... I, I wonder if that's because the game sold better in North America, like when it came out on Wii U. Oh, that would make a lot of sense. That would I wonder if that's... What, what is, unless what unless that it's like a holiday in... Um, in Japan, or maybe it could be to do with the coronavirus that they can't get the distribution out. That's true. I think yeah, Pete I, probably has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just weird. It could be any of those things. That's it the thing, you know. Like there's, there's, there's a reason for it, right? They wouldn't do it if they could ship them all the same day. It could also just be that they're staggering the release because it's like they have limited resources, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like, oh well, it was, it you know, it didn't really connect with the Japanese audience that much, so we're gonna get it to them last. Like, yeah. okay, whatever. We'll see what happens, I guess. Like, as long as the port comes out and it's high quality, like yeah, which it looks like it is. The the, the first game that gameplay that came out, Game Explained, did a I think it's eighteen minute, twenty minute long video of them yeah. sort of playing through the demo, and it does look smoother. And Liam Robertson did some some he played his version of the game and watched it against the video, and it does seem faster. How much of that's due to it being a demo, I don't know, but it does seem that they're improving the game and using the power of the Switch and the PS4 to make it better. I don't know what it's running on it at packs i'm assuming it's a pc oh very yeah possibly yeah i don't know um but yeah it seems seems to be smooth it seems to look nicer so that's good we're getting a better version of a game that from the sounds of it was quite underrated and i'm looking forward to discovering that for myself they're gonna hit these final two stretch goals and i and what happens with those stretch goals if they all hit and everything's kind of already pressed it's definitely start well so the dlc is not coming out until later anyway um so the game is going to come out and then all the other stuff I think is coming out as DLC. It's going to come out at the same time on all consoles. Um, so the, the, uh, the, the first set of DLC, the, the Lucas mission, is coming out later. They haven't developed it yet. Um, mm-hmm. There's another mission, the second mission, that I'm not sure they're going to hit. But it's actually ramped up recently. I didn't think they were even going to hit the, uh, the remixed soundtrack with the special Well, that's the, that's the second one. The Lucas second mission is at 2 million. And the mm-hmm. orchestral recordings at two point two five. I don't know that they'll hit two point two five. No, I don't. I think. think I think they will definitely hit two million. You think? Yeah. Well, yeah. Probably because towards the end, people are going to start going. Well, you know, if we just back it, we can get up to here and actually get this second mm-hmm. uh, piece of DLC. Not to mention that, generally speaking, um, Kickstarters make a, a, the biggest percentage of their money at the beginning and at the end. Okay. So, like oh, yeah, the fact yeah, that yeah. like it's the last week now, there'll be that final push of people who are like. 
you know, maybe they didn't hear about it. They just saw this trailer that came out for the first time, you know, or or they've been thinking about it and now they're going to commit, you know, because they've seen how it's gone. Like that happens all the time. So I I would be really surprised if they don't hit. I think a unique, a unique case with this Kickstarter as well is that people are going to see you can pre-order it now for $40 or you have a week left to pre-order it for $30 and get it two weeks early. So jump in. So it's like, why wouldn't you? Like if you were going to get it at all, why not kickstart it? Right. Because it's a better deal. I wonder who the uh, special guest on the orchestra, uh, sorry, the remix soundtrack is. I've always had it in my head that it would be Toby Fox just because Toby Fox just seems to be popping up all over in Japanese games. That would be cool. Um, (laughs) Put Toby Fox in everything, everyone. (laughs) There was a story that, um, who's the, do you remember that that song, the thong song? Yeah, Yeah, um, by Cisco. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Cisco, I read a game, uh, gaming Bible article that Cisco said that he backed the Kickstarter. So now I'm wondering, what if Cisco comes on and does a remix? <laughs> oh my remix god, that would be so funny. <laughs> that would lovely. be so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was, uh, that was all the news. That's actually quite a lot though. That took us longer than I thought it was going to take. This is, this is a much longer podcast. Your podcast is, what, an hour long? Hour, hour 15. So yeah, now we're going to dive into the Q&A. Uh, usually at this point in the video, um, we would take a dive into aj and parker's comments on their videos um but i think both of them said it all actually i think they were both parker's videos this week but he said at the end of them don't leave comments this week that you want to get answered on the podcast because we're not going to be here um so we're here instead so we're just going to skip that and go straight into a bumper q a we've got some loot pots questions we've got some fanatics four questions we're just bringing the communities together and taking over um so we're going to start as always with the fanatics Four youtube community we have one here from a guy called marky mark um, this is the marky mark this yeah. is the this is the Marky Mark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is Mark Sitting around in his tidy whiteies writing us emails. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> uh, he 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 asks uh, the fantastic job done on the Witcher Three port should encourage some other AAA game AAA games to come over to the Switch. What games do you think have a realistic chance of making the jump? Bioshock. Yeah, I think. Oh, we... that's that's cheating. <laughs> yeah, we reported on that. Uh, we were the ones who broke that. St- well, Pixel Power was the one who. Broke oh, we that can st- take we can take the credit. Um, fine. Yeah, we did it. It was us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, he made. I mean, uh, blessing. Blessing's been on this show before, and then he he broke. You know, mentioned our names, gave us gave us credit for the news. So it's you know it's nice how it all ties together. You know, it's a big. Yeah. You're only six people away from anyone in the world. I'm only <laughs> one podcast away from. Uh, kind of funny so that's kind of cool um so close so close so without cheating and using games that have already been rated what games (laughs) do you think have a realistic chance of making the jump um xcom 2 i actually could see like resident evil 2 the remake that you're i could i could see that i I wonder how re engine would translate but Mm. yeah i mean i I could see that working i feel like it's got to be stuff that's more in yeah like stuff that's like a little bit older you know like yeah i could see coming. that would be a slam dunk yeah um but mark which is one of my favorite games i would love to play it in handheld have it own it again amazing game um i think that i think it's one of those games that because arkham city was on the wii u so we know it works so to have the original maybe not night i don't know if night would work because it didn't really work on pc but i would definitely love to see those games uh, on Switch. I also think GTA Five. GTA Five okay. will inevitably like make it to the I don't Nintendo know Switch. Imagine that'd be so late. But the thing is, imagine like how many more copies they'd sell. 
the only yeah. handheld version of GTA 5. It's already number one on the charts again. Yeah, it yeah, already sells the insane amount stop. all the time for no stop. reason. <laughs> does not stop. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I guess it could happen, but I don't necessarily see that. I could see them maybe doing Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, I could see Red Dead. Two or the first one? The first, first one. one. Okay, yeah, good. Um, but I would have thought they would have brought that out around Red Dead Redemption 2's kind of think? cycle yeah. to kind of hype it up and go... But I, there's also the argument to be made that you don't want to put them out too close together because then, like... Yeah, you fatigue. get a bit of fatigue, especially considering how long Red Dead 2 is. Right. Yeah. So I could see them doing that maybe even a couple years later, you know, mm-hmm. like... We're, we're a year, two years away from it now, right? Yeah. Almost. Yeah. So maybe next year, maybe, you know, that could happen. I could see like, uh, maybe not I could see. I would love to see Fallout New Vegas. I was going to say, I want the whole Fallout collection. Yeah, I want Fallout yeah. 3, New Vegas, and Fallout 4. You could like. probably make Fallout 4 work. Yeah, I feel like you could definitely. It doesn't run well on Xbox One, though, is the point, is it? I, I think that's more the game, though, than the hardware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, th- I could definitely see something like that. I mean, I... It's interesting that some of the ports we've got recently have been more out of the left field. Things like Metro, Metro came out today, and yeah. Call of Juarez. Oh, that's today. Yeah. Well. Call of Juarez came out. Uh, Alien Isolation came out of nowhere and was really quite. Alien good. Isolation apparently has yeah, digital I've, foundry be- better resolution yeah, the than the PS4. Version. I've got it. It's Wild. not really the resolution. It's more the anti-aliasing. The way that the edges on PS4 they almost have like a shimmer to them, where like the light reflects off of them, mm-hmm. whereas they're just completely smooth and. and and solid on switch it's a really amazing looking game on on switch i'm really impressed by it um i just haven't met the alien yet out of fear um so yeah that's i, I think yeah there's there's so many like random last gen games are probably gonna see pop up even stuff for this forgetting year. the mass effect games p oh but, the, but i don't think they have realistic chance is the problem that that's was the question. yeah yeah if you're asking like, me oh, wish list i would like that more than anything would yeah. be the mass effect trilogy and dragon age one and two and uh, Dead Space as well. You could probably go for the whole mm-hmm. EA sort of last gen. Yeah, some Far Cry games on it too. Let's get some more yeah. Ubisoft oh, stuff. Oh, give me Far Cry here. three. Give me Far Cry three on Switch. That would be <laughs> beautiful. The thing I like yes, about Ubisoft's games as well is that they go down in price so quickly. Like, you know, I was like, like yeah, Mario Rab is like five quid or whatever. It's like eleven pounds <laughs> for, the, for the game, and I've I've sold that to so many people because I'm just like, it's eleven quid. Just go and play one of the best games of 2017. Like, it was so good. In a, in a really good year as well for games as well. Yeah, um, yeah like yeah. Assassin's Creed was on sale for like a tenner as well. Yeah, yeah, three. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, that was eleven quid as well. Yeah. Then you look at Capcom. I was looking at the Capcom sale yesterday, and I was like, oh, I can pick up Resident Evil Four for twenty pounds on sale. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I will get it when it hits a tenner. Um, it's never going to hit a tenner, and don't don't waste your time with it, Max. <laughs> I'm not going to get it then. Not too great. <laughs> so that was the YouTube community. That's uh, such a hot take that you just tried to sneak under the radar, Steve. What was it? What did he say? They it. said Resident Evil Four is not that good. It's because it's brown. He doesn't like brown. You know. That's like that's like everyone's favorite one though. Like I'm not that even a Resident Evil favorite. guy, but like yeah. almost everybody says Four is the yeah. best one. Mm-mm. I've never played a Resident Evil game, but I think it's oh, no, not, sorry, I played, I played Seven. Tell it, I would it's, play four. it's such a massive departure. Like, if you're gonna play one, Max, go play Resident Evil Two remake. remake. Yeah, 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 and then play it. Resident I've Evil Three remake. The play is so good. Yeah, I do want to go back and do it. I think Four. But do you know Resident Evil 4, the original Resident Evil 4, became Devil May Cry? Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah. Interesting, interesting. Fun facts. It is a fun fact. So that was YouTube Community. We only got the one from there. Um, come on, pull, pull your socks up. Uh, this is the Fanatics for Twitter this time. Uh, we have Pat Green. Hi, Pat. Nice beard. Um, he asked, why is the mythical Pokemon, the new mythical Pokemon, uh, I forgot his name already, Zarude? Zarude? Sandstorm Zarude, yeah, yeah. Um, 
why is it just a monkey? It doesn't seem to fit in with other fellas. I think, you know, I think we said the same sort of thing, didn't we? That it doesn't quite fit in with this generation. But Pete said it's a nice design. It's a nice change. I, yeah, uh, I like that it's different. Yeah. You know, like uh, it's yeah, kind of weird that it's not something more like I don't know European, I guess. But mm-hmm. whatever. It definitely feels like a past gen Pokemon. It doesn't feel like the same sort of the sort of stuff they've been doing this later gens. It feels like a I don't know gen two or three Pokemon. I could see. I feel it like it would have been more at home even in like the last gen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can you definitely know? see it in the old watercolor. Uh, Sugimori art style. It's more know. naturalistic. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's got sort of the more jaggedy design kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and we have Brad Cheney. I, I think it's, I always say Cheney in my head when I uh, see his tweet. Uh, it's Cheney, right? Cheney, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, like, like Dick Cheney, I guess. Yeah. Um, he says, don't, video- don't compare Brad to Dick <laughs> Sorry, no, like it's the name. It's the name. Sorry. Yeah, but don't, don't do that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. As an American, you know I'm I respect you. on that one. Imagine if like Dick Cheney's is like granddad or something like that. Imagine if Dick Cheney's oh, listening well, to the Dick Cheney's listening directly to you, going, "What? What's wrong with me?" I'll tell you this, Brad. If Dick Cheney is your relative, I hope you never go hunting together. <laughs> he says, uh, "Of all video game characters, Pokemon count. Who would you want to be your best friend?" Mm. Of all so my, video game characters, such a broad. My mind immediately goes to a Squirtle. Like I would love to have yeah. a Squirtle. Mm. Um, I think Pokemon counting is cheating because you'd be like, who, who for your partner? Who's been your partner for years? Yeah. The problem uh, is, like, my brain, like, goes to what I'm playing recently. Yeah, me so too. Right now, I really want, like, Ellie from The Last of Us to be my best friend because mm, I think she's a badass. Horrible. She's just a I person, guess she is though. Badass, but... Like, I, like, I want, I, like, I, I don't know. I, I want, like, a sidekick because, like, mm-hmm. the other thing that came to mind was, like, maybe, like, someone like Clank from Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. Which is, yeah, like, yeah do my taxes for me you know like something like that i don't know like it's you know get some mileage out of it i think if we're going for recent characters i'd probably go for someone like uh, uh lucky from super lucky sale because i just love at the start of each level when he looks up at the camera and he goes come on i'm like i'm coming man let's go play <laughs> yeah, this game buddy. Together, he stands still for he looks at you and you're like here there he is and you pick your clothes and he and as you like turn the camera he's like Still looking at you like this. He's just like. I staring. think if you're having a little character like that, though, you want Conker from Conker's Bad Fair Day instead. Yeah, because like you can party with you him. Yeah. You know, but, like yeah, like I feel like I feel like part like uh, having being friends with like Lucky. It's like you have like a you're. It's like being friends with like a little kid or something. You know, it's yeah, it's fun, but you're gonna want to break at some point. Yeah. Whereas so like Conker, Conker's you getting absolutely about. smashed on the weekends. And, yeah. You know. Yeah, that's true. And you have that giant pull as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had to, you had to go there. You had to so. go there, didn't you? Well, that's that's just a that's just Lowest a character from oh, it's the sweetest, mate. It's the sweetest. I think I think actually I go for Luigi because Luigi's just a better Mario brother, and I think it'd be cool to have like this. This I, this I support that decision. Yeah, actually. right. I prefer he, Luigi. He has more personality. Green's a better color than red. He has like loads of real estate. And if you become really good friends, he does, and he you, into his will. you can throw a sick mansion party. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm going to go to bed now. It's like, okay, I'll go to a different floor. And you know, he doesn't floor. own like the hotel, right? That he goes to. He owns the mansions, though. He wins the But mansion. he doesn't own the hotel in number three. He's like, invited does. there. Yeah, but the ghost all kicks all the ghosts out, and he's like, "Cool, this is mine." Oh, he's like, "This is mine I, now." Hostile Hostile takeover. You walk in, you just kill the people that live there and work there, and you go, "This is, must be mine." Oh, great, yeah. I'm just gonna go buy next door's house by just murdering them all. You heard it here first, police officer. You heard it here first. Uh, so yeah, that's probably a, a good a good selection of characters there. Um, let's move on to our Twitter, uh, Luke Potts, uh, mm. at Luke Potts on Twitter, if you want to find us and ask us questions. Uh, this comes from at, P- at PK Sparks with three X's. Um, 
He says Sonic the Hedgehog was a success in theaters. Yes, it was. Have you guys seen Sonic the Hedgehog? Just I have not oh, yeah, seen it yet. It's on my list to watch. I do want to see it. Okay. I, I would really like to do an after dark review of it. So yeah, we should go see it before it's out of the You know so what, we... Steve? Let's go see it this weekend. If I've got time, I will go see it. Go we see should it. get Max yeah, on the show. Get me on because I've I've got some thoughts. You've seen... Okay, great, perfect, so, perfect. Um, so the, the actual question is, what video game do you think would be adapted well to theaters next? I think because so many video games are like Last of Us, things like that, so story heavy, let's go for Nintendo-only games. Well, I mean, if we're going to go with that, the obvious answer is the Mario movie that's already in development. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Because you know? has the, the recognition, doesn't he? The, the brand recognition. He is just Mario, isn't he? Yeah, and I, I think similar to Sonic, I think Mario has a chance of, of being successful because obviously the brand is very strong, but it's also, I think that the, the video game stuff that works the best is probably the stuff that is more like iconography based than story. Like you look at like Castlevania on Netflix. It's a great series. Even if you don't watch Castlevania or Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, if you haven't played Castlevania, because it's it's able to it doesn't have to be slavish to a story right because it's just like oh there's the beats of like dracula and there's a belmont and alucard's his son and you know like you can, you can just pick it up can't you yeah you can you can take the elements that are familiar that people are like and are nostalgic about and kind of do something new with them mm-hmm. but i think you can do that with that with anything like if you look at the witcher for example like that did have like all the lore and all the background behind it but it's still That's been like an absolutely books, massive though. hit it is, yeah. Yeah. It also most, starts, the, like the character he's playing is is very much the video game character. Like he he plays yeah, the video games and watches it. Mean, and... it. There's clearly influence taken from the video game, mm-hmm. but like it's not it's not a one for one because every episode of that show is based off the, no. the book that's. I I wouldn't want a one for one of any anything though. Like I wouldn't want them to do the Uncharted movie that's in development and then go. We're just going to one for one. Yeah, here's story. Uncharted as a movie. Yeah, it's like, well, I could have just played that. Like, what's the point? It is good that they're doing sort of a prequel kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think it's it's stuff that lends itself to... I think it's similar to the, the reason that we finally started getting good comic book movies, right? It's that, like, you want something that has iconography and characters and things that are memorable and, like that people can connect with and that are identifiable, but that are also like pretty malleable and that you can tell new stories with, but still capture the essence of it, you know? Cause that's yeah, you really take, what's important. You take a comic book story, you, you take the overarching, you know, this is civil war. They have a fight and then you put it into a, and do something different context of the universe you created or into yeah. a film or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am, um, I'm obviously going to, be selfish as i am and say i think probably metro would work but not necessarily as a movie more as like a mandalorian style kind of thing where i I could see that i've always said i would love to see metroid as a um i would love to see it as like an animated film or series Mm -hmm. that's like a little more short form and that doesn't have dialogue yeah yeah, no dialogue just music just just sfx Yeah, yeah yeah like yeah like have sort of the action stuff and the the you know samus is a badass kind of thing but just take away all of the talking all of the the whining like the rem hand and things like that yeah because it's just like, got a really cool look and design and aesthetic isn't it i guess well and i feel like part of part of it is is like that metroid feels lonely mm-hmm. yeah I, I, I want something that is like that that's like introspective and quiet and like isn't afraid to like you know what i really want is i want the way that have you guys ever seen samurai jack no but I do would want to. First of all, you should really watch Hammer Jack. Mm-hmm. One of the things about it that makes it very unique is that there are entire episodes 
or very long sequences of episodes where there's no dialogue and no music. Mm-hmm. And it's just environmental audio. And it's not afraid to be silent. Mm-hmm. And I want that if we were going to do like a Metroid adaption. Yeah, if you're going to do like a Metroid, I want it to be like uh, an alien style movie. I want it to be scary as hell. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, exactly. lean into yeah. the sort of the horror. If you're going to be alone, you're going to be silent. Lean into the, the fear. Lean into the sort of the the, the nervousness. Like, have you guys seen Parasite? No, I not yet. Okay, yet, yeah. I, I won't. I, well, you have seen it, Pete. No, I have not. Oh, seen okay, it. I can't. Yeah. There's a bit in Parasite where I was just like gripped to my seat of like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And I like that. It doesn't. It doesn't say a lot while it's doing it. And I would like that yeah. in a Metroid thing where there's just, you know if she's going through like a cave or something or down a shaft and it's like, what's, what's at the bottom of this? There's no, there's nothing to tell me. Oh, that's what's down there. You know, what is at the bottom of this shaft? Um, yeah, and you have a nice there. big jump scare when you get down there. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I will say too, I don't, I don't think it'll ever actually happen. There was talk years ago of them making a Mass Effect movie. Mass Effect, it would make such an easy transition to film because yeah. it's character driven. So much. Yeah. There's just so much there as well, isn't there? Yeah. Even yeah, if you, you could easy, easily make it a, Yeah, you could easily make it like a, a series, mm-hmm. you know? A very easy series of porn films as well, I think. Uh, seeing as all the aliens like to make friends that Are way. Are you kidding okay, me? Then. <laughs> right? I thought this was this is a this is a PG show. Oh, uh, I guess You're so. like, don't uh, don't curse and then you br- you bring up I'm not even gonna say it because I have class. Adult movies. <laughs> adult, adult movies. Adult movies. You, you and your, your dirty movies, Max. <laughs> uh, I've never, I've never played Mass Effect. That's just, just where my mind goes. You should play Mass Effect. It's great. Yeah, Everyone should play Mass I, Effect. I, I've never played it. You would love Mass Effect. I know I would. It definitely You've got the consoles that can do it. Anyway, right. Next question. Jake play Lyman. it on Xbox. It's, yeah, on, it's it, on Xbox One. Yeah, no, yeah, no. It, it upscales oh, and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to replay it. That was only on... Oh, no, yeah, that was on Xbox, yeah. yeah. The collection. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to buy the collection at a GameStop now, and I'm going to buy a Series X and play it in 4K in, like, six months. Just don't buy... Don't, don't, no. No, just I want it. Series X. You Let's, don't know what that all, is? All you got to do is you just got to get... Um, oh, I just know what it is, I do. Oh, okay. you got to get the EA thingy. Oh, Origin. Origin. For Origin. Oh, Origin. No, it's not called Origins on, on that. It's called something else on Xbox. Nah, right. I want it on Xbox. Anyway, Series X. Jake Liner, I'm gonna do it. good friend of mine, Jake. Hi, Jake. Uh, he's asked us a couple of questions. Uh, first one is, if you guys could have one game that's not already ported to the Switch from the Wii U, but it was the last one to be done, what would it be and why? Wii games don't count. Wii U. Pikmin, so I could shut Pixel Par that up. That's the really... only reason. I, w- I want it because I actually want to play that game. Uh, I, I so never it played it on Wii U, so and fun. I really want to play it. And there aren't that many other like Wii U ports left. The only other one I would want aside World. from Pikmin 3 is, is Wind Waker. Oh, no. See, I would want 3D World. Didn't they? Really? They, po- uh, they ported that already. No, they haven't. No, they, didn't. They, ported, they ported the New Super Mario Bros. Wii U. New Super Mario Bros. U. Yeah, right? I would much have preferred 3D World rather than New that Super Mario That is not on Switch, Pete. You're going to Google it. Are you on. sure? Yeah, Very sure. <laughs> it's one of the games they should right, port, Odyssey. but they have yeah. not. It's I, only I thought, Odyssey. I thought the they only just scenario. ported that. No. That's the one with the cat suits, right? Yeah, the whole yeah, that's not that. It doesn't exist. Really? Yeah, really. It's in it's in um it's in uh Mario Maker 2. Uh, you can uh, make some levels like it, yeah. but it doesn't have that's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. It, no, doesn't have right. the, it doesn't have the 3D elements, it just got looks me. 2D. You got me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, great. I would want to see that too. So there's still some games left, whatever. But I you know, that's you know how people say that Final Fantasy 15 has like really delicious looking food? Yeah. 
Pikmin 3 has the most delicious looking fruit. Like, I really thought you were going to say the most delicious looking Pikmin. I was well, like, they do look quite tasty, but it's the, it's the oh, fruit. Yeah. When you pick up the fruit, you get to pick up the fruit and take it back, and then it turns it into juice, and they show you this 3D model of this big apple you've just found, or this lovely like melon or peach or whatever, and you rotate it, and it's like glistening, and it's really nice, and it's like, hmm, this is making me hungry for some fruit. If that game comes to Switch, just pay attention to the fruit. Um, I for can't me, believe Pokken Tournament got ported oh, way before ridiculous. everything else. It's, it's like, ridiculous. what the hell? It's a game that failed on Wii U and then failed again on Switch. When will you learn? Um, when they re-released it, they're like, now's our shit. <laughs> I think the obvious really choice for me would be... some money back from this, the development cost of this game. <laughs> yeah. Let's just chuck it out. Oh, the arcade game wasn't enough. Um, the, the biggest one, or I guess the most obvious one for me, would be Wind Waker, because it's one of my favourite Zeldas. It probably is yeah, my favourite Zelda. Yeah, it is my favourite. It's absolutely beautiful, but I don't think I don't think it's a Wii U game. I think, yeah, there's a remaster on Wii U, but that's a GameCube game. game. That's All right, fair. If we're talking games that, that were birthed on the Wii U, the last one for me would probably be Xenoblade Chronicles X. Okay. Because it's, it's that is coming though, right? Isn't it? There's no those Ember Chronicles Definitive Edition. The original game is that one's, is That's coming. the Wii one. Okay. X is the one where it's like futuristic, and you're in the mechs. That is right. one of the. I think it's one of the best looking Wii U games. It's just weird how good that game looks and how everything is in this huge world. It's just so smooth and nice and pretty. Anyway, but I didn't enjoy it when I played it on Wii U. And then I played Ember Chronicles Two and One again, and I was like, oh yeah, I really should have played X because it's actually probably when I get into it and actually get in the motions of playing the game. I'd be ready for it. Um, so that's probably the last like Wii U game that's from the Wii U. It can only be played on the Wii U. I think it's the last one I would I would want. Cool. Uh, but Jake goes into a second question. This callback to earlier. Um, having both read, and probably he means all three of us because he didn't know Steve was on. Having read uh, Jason Schreier's book Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, is there any other gaming series you'd enjoy having more information on their development? And if so, which game or series? Um, I I. I feel like the ones that I would be most interested in are honestly probably mostly Nintendo games. And that's not because I'm like, obviously I'm a big Nintendo fan, right? But I think it's because the like Japanese developers are in general less like forward about, about the development process than Western ones. So like for a game, you know, for, for a lot of Western games, there are kind of, reporting that's been done into them or there are like deeper dives or there are dev diaries and interviews and stuff and you know you you get a little bit more of it so it's you know uh like pokemon right when they did that manga in japan that was about the life of of uh um oh my gosh i'm blanking on his name uh, the, the creator yeah the original. I his name either yeah one of you guys look it up while I make this point, please. Um, but they, they released a manga about his life and that had all these details about Pokemon's development that like no one knew before, right? So it's like... Uh, any Satoshi Tajiri, is that him? Yes, Tajiri, thank you. Yeah. Any dripping about those games is like you eat it up, you know? So I would love there to be more stuff like that. Um, I would love to know what happened behind the scenes between... Um, on on uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, yeah, like in the breakdown oh, yeah. of that relationship as well. What happened with that? Yeah, like, the yeah, breakdown like, of Kojima production or Kojima and Konami would be amazing. And I'm not even I'm not even a Kojima fan, no, really. No, I just want to know, like, because it would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from that, I would I would definitely love uh, a similar look into like the Mass Effect series yeah. and the earlier entries of the Dragon Age Inquisition or of the Dragon Age franchise because Inquisition was in Blood, Sweat and Pixels. Um, mm-hmm. Those being some of my favorite games, like it would just be great to know more about them. 
I would like to actually see a series based on kind of the development of some of the consoles. I think oh, it would be a really, yeah. really cool insight and look into, right, the Wii U was a disaster. It clearly didn't sell anywhere near what we expected it to. Yeah. What can we do to kind of basically save our business? And then the development of what the was Switch. the NX. Yeah. And like, oh, we're going to say really early on, we're, we're so sorry about the Wii U. We're going to release a new console that's coming out of this day and we're going to kind of trickle information for you. Yeah. And then the development of the Switch and how that came to be. What, and likewise, like, they cobble together the, the Wii U parts and the Wii parts and go, we've got this and they yeah. go run with it. At what point does that happen? And, and likewise, like the original Xbox, like there is a lot of information around that and you can like watch a lot of interviews, but the story of why Microsoft decided to get into the console business in the first mm-hmm. place similar with uh playstation that yeah. like that's also a very interesting story which is like bit. yeah like it, it's it people know about it but like i would love a book that goes in, as deep into it as like console wars does about the the nintendo sega rivalry like something yeah. that's really really deep about it would be yeah. amazing a lot of people that actually knew i yeah. think for me the game the game that i think Hold on, wait, shut up. I thought of a better answer than anything that I've said so far. It's Undertale. That's what I want to know. Oh, okay. Write an entire book about how Undertale is made, please. (laughs) And then like and then maybe like a bit after about how he's then gone on to be his heroes and do you know work with them and stuff like that. And he can draw like a little dog and it looks like (laughs) crap and that can be the cover of Famitsu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So (laughs) iconic. Iconic (laughs) dog drawing, Steve. Um, I think my games would be so definitely for me Breath of the Wild. I think it'd be really interesting to see how the the concept. For, I know there's a lot of GDC talks about it, but I want to see because that game was delayed a bunch of times. A lot of things were changed. There was a point in the development I think where they realised, oh, we can do physics and we can do physics really well, and this can be a major. It's like the whole game. game. <laughs> yeah. So I want to see like what happened. They're working on a trajectory, and then they just go, wait, stop, get this working, fit it in, and we can just change the game for what a world feels like and how well you know interact with the things that you do so i'd really be interested in seeing how breath of the world was made however more one for the future i would like to know exactly what happened between the announcement of metro prime 4 and the cancellation of metro prime 4 moving over to retro i want to know oh yeah that would be even if one. it's not a book yeah. even if it's just like liam robertson does like a 20 minute video on the development of the game and what happens i want to know what this new attempt, this new development thing they tried was, how it broke down. Eight years from now, Liam Robertson will have a video about this, and it will be. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to eight years from now because I want to see. I want. I want. I want the game to come out as it's going to come out, and I want to know what could have been. And I think that'd be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the question, sure. Jakey boy. Uh, we're now moving on to our discords. We're going to go first into the Fanatics Four one because we've got quite a few questions from there actually. Um, this first question. Okay, so AJ said in his tweet. <laughs> AJ said in his tweet, "It make or in in the Discord, it would make it be better if you pick questions that only they would know the answer to." Uh, So Duncan said, "What's AJ's mother's maiden name and social insurance number?" I don't know what a social insurance number is. Is it like national insurance number? Yeah, it's that's not even what it's called. Social security number. Yeah, it's social security number. So maybe he didn't want to uh, write it out. You know, jokes on you, Duncan. Yeah, Duncan, <laughs> trying to, to clown. I'm going to I'm deleting out of the. I'm deleting. Deleted. Deleted. You just Duncan. got clowned on, Duncan. Thanks for your question. Subscribe to Lupots, by the way. Duncan, I'm pretty sure he's already. He must be subscribed to Lupots. You like Duncan? Can we talk to Duncan a lot? He's, he's a lot. He's in the Discord for Facts for a lot. He's a great guy. Uh, does his own streaming as well. Check Duncan out on his on his streams. Um, Long Chris comes in with a couple of questions. Uh, he says, what's your favorite GameCube game? I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to say it's the Game Boy Player. 
That's that's a totally <laughs> valid response. Totally. I'm I'm down for that. Uh, favorite GameCube game? I would say it's either Wind Waker or Animal Crossing. Okay, good. Animal Crossing. That's a. So you were big into it on the GameCube, and then you. Oh my god! Yeah, it came with the blank. Oh. It came with the blank memory card and everything. And like, oh, that was, mm-hmm. if anyone touched that, I'd be with it. I was huge into ha- the original. That was that. Crossing as well, Steve, on GameCube. Yeah, had 128 blocks, blocks on that black memory card. <laughs> sure did. That <laughs> boy. Was- that's the Animal Crossing game I've put the most time into. Wow, yeah, okay. I, spent yeah. so I thought, I thought it was sort of one of those niche things that didn't really take off I mean, until the DS series. I mean, it might have been, but I was playing it. I was. Yeah, we, if the two of you were, you know, you you, you really uh, you represent a lot of the community for me. So I'm just we're just you know, Steve and I are just real Nintendo fans. That's what it's. You know, wow. Just sad digging out, digging away at the ground with my little spade. <laughs> and it's yeah, actually, so much. I have a. I have a well, a pretty well worn story about it um, that I know I've told on on the podcast. But so, <laughs> the first time my my original Animal Crossing town, right? I played it for years, and uh, when I moved to the town that I spent my like teenage years in, um, mm-hmm. I the first day that we had moved there, I'd set up my room, I hooked up all my game consoles, and I was like feeling homesick. So I decided I was gonna pop in Animal Crossing and like nice. you know I'm gonna go to my town and somehow in the move my save got corrupted and it was the only of all my game it was the only one that got messed up that for whatever reason it was and i played it like days before so like and i was i oh yeah i cried i totally cried it was like all of the homesickness like hit me with that and i was just like and i because you know what actually was the thing that broke me it happened and i was super upset and i decided fine i'll start a new town and the first villager that I ran into was like uh, one of my favorite villagers, and it was um, it was Olivia, the the cat, and um, and she like didn't know me, and I was just like I can't with this, and I started crying. Oh, oh no! <laughs> oh, your best friend forgotten you. That's so yep. sad. She was one of the original three villagers in my town. But you see, yeah. as you get to know her, it's like that Eternal Sunshine movie. You know, you just, you just yeah, and that movie made me yeah. cry too, Steve. <laughs> it's okay, Pete. She just had me Alzheimer's. Moving on. Oh, uh, my God. You're a, <laughs> you're, you're a monster of a man. Long Chris continue. Oh, sorry, my favorite game, uh, Metro Prime on the GameCube, because it's one of my favorite games of all time. Easy. Um, Long Chris then continues on, what food from an anime would you most like to eat? The Pikmin oh, fruit. so easy. The Pikmin no, no, fruit. That's not an anime, but yeah, it's so, it's so easy for anime. me. It's the ramen from Ponyo. Oh, okay, I've seen that. Oh, yeah, a lot of the, all of the food from the Ghibli films that I've seen. Any film she makes from the, a the bacon and the eggs. Ooh, yes. Boy. I, 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 yeah, I guess I'll give that because I really can't think of anything else. I don't really yeah, watch, I don't watch anime. I don't watch anime either. So, yeah. Sorry, Long Chris. Hashtag Fanatics Foods. Hashtag Fanatics Foods. We have to get one in. One always finds its way in, doesn't it? Um, another hashtag Fanatics Foods here uh, is Derp Marcos. Says, what's your favorite candy in other parts of the world? We're going to get some different answers. Arrows! Arrows are my favorite candy <laughs> from other parts of the world. Look, Steve, show it. That's my Christmas present. <laughs> why is it? Why is it there? Because he didn't Cause, send it. Because I'm terrible and I still haven't sent Pete yeah. his Christmas present. He showed it to me. I have four arrows. I have still got Pixel Paws Luigi's Mansion three keyring from Halloween. That is just sitting in my bag waiting to be sent. And it's that's not even internet. That's, that's domestic. That's a domestic send. And if it's any consolation, I have the gift that Pixel Par sent to Dan from the Lupus no team. Way. It's still at my house. I haven't given it to him what yet. So. No, I'm not gonna ask. I'm not gonna ask. It's rude. Um what can I, I can't even think of any American sweets that I would want to eat. 
This doesn't have to be American. But okay. basically, I'll have anything with peanut butter in Reese's Reese's cups. Yeah. I'll have the white ones or the yeah. uh, they do they do want like these king size ones that they've just started bringing mm. in import now. The with, giant like, ones, with right? Peanut peanuts in like you mm-hmm. crunch into it. It's got a crunch to it. They're so you good ever had a fast one. break? No, huh? it's a Reese's bar with nougat. Oh, oh that so sounds nice. good. Although so I did buy something today. Absolutely terrible. These like cookie dough bite things. Oh, they're at, I was about to swear. Ooh, they were absolutely disgusting. <laughs> I um actually I think I think back to when I went to Turkey about six years ago. Um and I went to I just found this chocolate bar. It's like it was like Turkish delight? No, 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 no. I've had Turkish delight many times. Although Turkish delight, not as delicious and delectable and sort of like makes you want to betray your family as much as it seems like it is in Well in the Witch in the Wardrobe. Go oh, yeah. and if you're when you're in London next, Max, go to this place called Colonel and Roast in Westfield. They do like all sorts of flavor Turkish delight. I had one that tasted like Oreos. It was Ooh, insane. It was so good. Oh, the pistachio one. That's my favorite. I love Oreo flavored yeah. things. Yeah. You know how you I make like, any I like Turkish things good better? You add Oreos. When yeah, I go to even Turkey, cereal, I Oreo O's. Like, that's just Turkish delight. Oreos is so they're like it's just candy for breakfast. Oreo <laughs> O's. It's like what? Like you just there's too many O's there. Reese's anyway, I'm, I'm in I'm in Turkey and I find this. It looks like almost like an you know how Aero's got that sort of bubble shape to its pieces that you snap mm-hmm. apart. It's sort of that kind of shape, but you bite into it and in the middle is kind of like like little bits of Maltesers in it. But then there's also like a chocolate like mousse inside of it, kind of thing. Oh. It was amazing. I. I Bought one, ate it. Was like, wow! I took a bag back with me, um, and I when, I when I finished them, I was like, well, that's it. I'm never gonna enjoy chocolate ever again. I have done for many, many years. Look at me. But I, I'm going back to Turkey this year, and uh, I'm gonna track my love. Let me some. I will do. Yeah, yeah. I'll get. I'll send it to Steve. He'll get it out to you quickly. The, yeah, I'm so so good at that. <laughs> Great. The the other American, like, if we're saying candy, not chocolate, the mm-hmm. the American one, I really like are Jolly Ranchers, and I know you said they're not that great. What's a, I what's a Jolly like Ranchers? Ranchers yeah. Jolly Ranchers are like these hard boiled sweets, and they have like the cherry flavor one. It just makes your mouth water. It's absolutely. They're crazy. not bad. They're just not my favorite. They're like it's like a lollipop without the stick. You know, it's just like a hard sweet. Is Jolly Rancher the sweet that would go in a uh, a purple uh, beverage that you might? Uh, might come in a styrofoam cup when you're a bit, you've got a bit of a cough. You might, you might drink it. Uh, sort of. So now you're talking about. Now you're talking about. Oh, drugs. don't make it obvious. I'm trying to be subtle. Is that you is that the, made is that it Johnny obvious? Is you're that a monster. Ranch? Is that Johnny Ranch? There's, there's a family show. Is that Johnny Ranchers? I I don't know. Oh, you <laughs> fake American. I'm uh, not a fake American. I just don't drink lean. Don't like, what's wrong with you? If a, if, a, if, a listener, yeah. if a listener Googles what that... Uh, let's move on. Let's move on quickly. Thought yeah, it's your fault. Custom robot it's your fault. From, sorry, this is from Value. This is from a person called Value from the Discord. Uh, thoughts on Custom Robo on GameCube? I love Custom Robo. Poor Custom Robo. Bring back Custom Robo, Did Nintendo. Did you see that the creator of Custom Robo released a new game on Switch that is basically Custom Robo with just not as just awful graphics? I can't remember the name. It was. That's I think cool it was a though. Weeks ago. I otherwise, otherwise it would have been in the been in the document, wouldn't it? Obviously, if it was this week. I, I hadn't seen it, but it looks like if Geometry Wars turned three D, it looks really cool. Oh, well, Custom uh, Robo! Custom Robo is great. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I lost my copy was... of it, and it's one of those like rare GameCube games, and I've missed it ever since. It's one of. Do you remember, Steve? Do you remember you're my age. Do you remember back in the. So it's Pete. We're like all the yeah, same. Yeah, you're age. in the UK. You're in the UK. So it makes sense. You know, back in uh, back in 2004, 
five-ish, maybe a bit earlier than that. Good era. And you're, you're sitting down, you're watching Amazon BBC. the radio. Umbrella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ella, you're, watching, you're watching CBBC and Bamzuki's on. And the groups of kids, they come on and they've at some point have gone home and downloaded the Bamzuki creator where you, you get all the geometry stuff and you get the legs and you make this Bamzuki. It's like a little digital... I have no idea what Bamzuki, Bamzuki. is. It was, it was Jake, uh, whatever his name presented. Anyway, so like you, 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 from your school, your group of friends would have made a Bamzuki. You downloaded the creator. You make your little Bamzuki. You make it run around. You give it tests. And then they oh, compete. Oh, no, I've seen this. And then yeah. they, go on, they go on and they compete. And the Bamzuki fight against each other. Um... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. Bam. Yeah, yeah, they look bizarre. Yeah, and they're like fighting on a virtual table. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hang on a minute. We've got this one that looks like a Shrek face. It's Bam horrible. Shuki? Here we go. Bam Zuki. B A M Z double O K I. Now you're screaming. Look at that. Look at that. Did you do this? Oh, is this I you? remember these. No, this isn't me. No, no, this is this is just this this person's video. But yeah, so like you made these virtual. There's Jake. You made these virtual Bamzukis, and then you. You fight them. Oh, these are creepy. I don't like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I could never get it to work. Like my designs like were just. They're, they're, they're you know, he's talking. Look at all this trash talk going on. Stop. Anyway, just that turn was... this off. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> he's one of the highest pay, paid uh, people on the BBC now. He is. Yeah, he does sports now, doesn't he? Anyway, so Bamzuki. Mm. That's what I think of when I think of custom Robo. The whole like I, I spent hours at my nan's house playing. If I wasn't playing RuneScape, I was making Bamzuki. I was rubbish at it, but I was spending hours in this creator making like horrible deformed bugs that move like this and they flip on their back and they're doing all that um but i think if i had custom robot on the gamecube i would have spent hours on that instead just making my own robots and pitching them against that was a other, um... that was a long walk for a short drink of water max oh yeah i, 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 I agree but bamzuki was cool more people should know about bamzuki i always no, more people should play custom robo next That's question <laughs> next question uh, this is from grim Hain. he says will max get animal crossing and if so will he only construct things using sand uh, if not, why does Max hate fun? I think Animal Crossing should be cancelled. I am getting Animal Crossing. I'm buying two copies of Animal Crossing. I'm getting a controller. I'm getting loads of Amiibo. I'm getting all sorts of things. Uh, I'm very much into fun. You're, You're in. going in. And uh, if sand is the cheapest way for me to uh, keep villagers out of my, my forts where I build my moats, then yes, everything's going to be made out of sand. See, if you were a true Animal Crossing fan, you'd have got the console. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I want it so bad. Me too. I want it I so bad. It. I, I was, no, I can't. I was considering surprising Ella with it and then just selling her old console to recoup the the difference in cost. No, no, no. Just surprise <laughs> her with it and just say this is a surprise, and then just keep it for yourself. <laughs> Are you surprised? This is mine. That's the surprise. <laughs> um, the surprise is it's not yours. <laughs> so this 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 next part of the question is very much aimed at Pete. Probably you as well, actually. Now, Steve, um, when will Pete and Steve have AJ and Parker on the Loot Pots podcast, I mean, also called the Potscast? Do your research, Grim Hank. Uh When are you going to have them on? You're you're presuming I have any say whatsoever in in the podcast, like yeah. You know. Sure, you just turn yeah, up. Yeah, I'm, I'm the I'm the boss. Off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're the guy that shouts at the start. That's what you are. Hey, oh, okay. What's up, internet? You want you want to? <laughs> so do you ever want to come back on the show or no, Max? Because <laughs> shout at the start. I thought I thought yeah, well, well, yeah. Sorry, I have a little bit of energy. You ever heard the show when I'm not on it? Give us, give us, give Whoa, us a little. Whoa! Don't be shade at me, Oh yeah, hi, welcome back to the Hi, Steve. Hi, Steve. Hi. It's me, Pixel. Hello. Yeah, I really, my missus. Something. All right, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> He's not going to uh, listen to this. We can say what we want. First of all, Adrian has been on the show twice. Mm-hmm. And he was on After Dark. Mm-hmm. So, 
go, you know, maybe if you checked out the show, which I know you haven't because you told me you didn't on Twitter, you would know he's been on the show. And I've invited Parker on as many times, if not more. And we're planning on having them on um, at sometime after PAX. So right on the low. Tune in. We we like invited Parker on like the way before he even did us that that he wrote jingle, jingles I think. for us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was fun. Jingles are cool. Actually, it's on this this week's show. If you want to hear Parker's jingle that he wrote for us for name that game, it's on this week's episode of the podcast. Well, I really I really forward. enjoyed the the lost the lost uh, Parker jingle, the uh, game of the year twenty nineteen Parker jingle that never found its way into the show. That that was, wasn't in the show. No, that was that wasn't in the show. What? No, it wasn't the oh, show. That's that's really upsetting. That's a crying shame. Okay, I didn't DJ, know that. DJ, when you inevitably have to edit this because of Pete swears. <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't even. I didn't swear. I'm gonna. I've, I've got it on my phone. I'm gonna have to edit this out before I send it to to, to Parker. Um, <laughs> monster. <laughs> so the final question from Grim Hain is, "How are you today, Pete?" And I'm probably gonna extend it towards Steve as well. How are you guys today? I'm actually really good. I went to IKEA. I plan to buy some pots to put some pasta in nice. and i bought a bed for too much money instead nice very nice your pasta's just laying on the bed yeah there's no they didn't have the pasta <laughs> pots i wanted so i just bought a bed instead. so you bought a bed instead yeah. great <laughs> um my day was long and exhausting and then i had to come on this show which was long and exhausting. Wow. It's been a lot of fun, right? Just kidding. I had a great time, though. Yeah, man. So I wish we've, we've, we've still got a couple of questions. They, should have, they probably should have had me host, you know, but I don't know. Oh, no way. No. No, I'm just you kidding. Didn't you didn't offer. You didn't you did offer. Find bags. I know. You were like, I want to do it. And I was like, great. I don't have to do anything. I messaged them like, what's happening with uh, DTY this week? They're like, oh, probably not going to do it. I was like, are you sure you don't want to do it? It's so nice. Like, I'm usually the one that writes the doc. Pete's usually the one We've just showed up. We're just showing up. We're just talent this week. This is my favorite thing to do. We're Pixel's job this week. There's nothing I love more than podcasting, but even more so than that, there's nothing I love more than guesting on someone else's show. Because all I need to do is just show up and be the talent. Oh, where do I give you the audio? Well, that's because all the good guests are at PAX, so... Whoa! Now you're just throwing shade at all three of us, including yourself, all right? AJ and Parker would have been great guests on my podcast this week. They would have, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, guys. I really appreciate the, uh, you taking the time out to help me with this. At quarter to one in the morning, yeah, Max. I haven't eaten dinner yet, so oh, I don't want to hear it. Somebody's hungry. Right, let's push on. I am hungry. Mega Man asks. I had oh, Ikea meatballs, so Mega I'm all good. <laughs> you did what? I had Ikea meatballs, so I'm oh, all good. I had a Lunchable. I was like, why are you eating? throwing it in my face. I'm going to go. Come on. What's what, what's Mega Man asking? Mega Man asks, "Why is the sky blue?" Science. Because of the ozone layer. Okay. Reflections from the water. Yeah. Uh, that's my that's my take on that one. That's my scientific thing. take. Um, and the next question is, why that's hasn't Max found a shiny okay. bronzer yet? Because, because I gave up. Because I gave up. Right. I put. I opened like hundreds of eggs. I I gave up. Just cheat. Just cheat. I'm not. It's because that. Max. I'm not going to go on eBay and spend money on Pokemon. Just that's just that's what losers do, man. It's because uh, Max is a cyber bully. That's why he didn't find it. That is. That's that the real answer. True. Pete, the low hanging, the lowest hanging sweet is the freetest. You can't even. You can't oh. even bust jobs back. You're throwing it. You're throwing it. You got it. Ninety percent of the way there, and then you're tripping at the finish line, my friend. Can you believe it? <laughs> I, I never let you. I never let you get a step on me, and here we are. Step right on you. Fine. Right, finally, the final question. We've made it, everybody. We've, we've done it together. Woo! 
Uh, this one's from uh, the Loot Pots Discord, who, in, in all fairness, the Loot Pots Discord had had uh, a question and answer literally like a day before. So I can see. Yeah, yeah so we just got the one. Got the Everybody got their question. questions answered on our show. <laughs> Although, actually, this question might take us quite some time to answer. Well, if we really want to go into it. Uh, here's the best question I have, and it's pretty topical. How will companies pulling out of conventions with coronavirus scares affect even larger conventions, including E3 and New York Comic Con, going forward? Will attendance ever be the same? So, first of all, I do want to say this is Ed, who's from the uh, the Gamer Delphia podcast, which I'm often a guest on, and he's been on our show a lot. Oh, nice. Ed's stuff Hi, is Ed. great. Check him out. He's a good guy. I, I think it's not going to affect attendance in the long term. That like it's just conventions, but I could see at this point in time, if the virus doesn't go down, that E three gets cancelled. Yeah, uh, GDC's just got postponed. Like, it's almost like officially. It's kind of like I oh, was actually been postponed properly. Did that no, actually just happen? Oh my god! I, yeah. We wow, I didn't know. Oh, okay. That. I was gonna say I was looking at that earlier. Uh, so wow, okay. they postponed it. They're refunding everyone's tickets, and wow. they're saying it's gonna happen later this year or into may not happen at all. That's big. Because everyone so, just dropped out, like all the big, yes. like sixty percent of the people in this in that room had dropped out. So if it if it continues and the virus doesn't go down and, and no one shows up to E three, what's yeah. the point in putting E three on? Maybe the ESA is probably looking for an excuse not to do one this year after last year's backlash as well. Uh, I mean, possibly. wouldn't be a bad idea for them to have a year to like collect oh, yeah, their, of collect yeah, their then, thoughts and work on things. Exactly, but uh, it worked for Assassin's Creed, so it can work for three. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I agree with Steve. I don't think it's going to have long term ramifications. I think. Um, my kind of hot take on the whole coronavirus of it all is that this is just another this is just another one of those like it's a moderate things that's getting blown out of it's like we live through swine flu and bird flu and all these other things that we were so afraid of that were going to be a problem but they were, the re- they were rightfully more afraid of they had like a 60 percent fatality rate as well. sure but right but even and this is not even close to that no um and the chances of you getting it are pretty low and if you do get it you're your the chances of you dying are pretty null unless you're like already have an advanced illness yeah. or you know, so it's like, yeah or you're elderly so i i don't i don't think this is something that we're going to be worried about another year from now you know like could this mess up e3 this year could this delay the next generation of consoles could it mess up that kind of stuff yeah absolutely yeah um, that's all production stuff isn't it? that's all based in china a lot of that stuff as well production and things like that precisely and when you called out New York Comic Con, I don't think New York Comic Con will be affected in the same way that PAX East wasn't really affected. Yeah. Will some people pull out? Probably. But Comic Con... Well, I think that could depend on where, where this goes. Like, Switzerland has banned all gatherings of more than 1,000 people. So the oh. biggest motor show yeah. in the world, the Geneva International Motor Show, has just been cancelled because they're legally not allowed to hold it. And but, if, is if that happens in the States, sure. But I don't think it will. We've had a negligible number of cases it doesn't seem like it's that much of a problem it could be because um not to get political but you're not really testing at the moment um (laughs) sure uh for a lot of reasons um but yeah so could it be a problem yes do i think it will be by then probably not i don't think that new york comic-con or san diego like most of the exhibitors that go there are american companies so there's not the risk of international travel yeah so i think will those will there be maybe less of an attendance will they take a hit possibly um, will they still go on as planned? I, I think probably so. I, also, I don't think it's going to affect anything in the future because as soon as the scare, I guess, has gone, then 
then yeah, yeah I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah unless, unless things dance. really escalate from here, I don't think it'll be a problem in another 12 months. I think it's like an empty dance floor situation. As soon as like the dance floor start clearing, everyone wanted to leave the party. So it's like, if, no, if all of these companies oh, are like uh-uh. leaving GDC, then what's the point in attending? So yeah. Yeah. we're going to have to like cancel it. For sure. And, and, and some of those companies are traveling from co- countries that are heavily affected. Right, like China, exactly. like Japan, like Korea, like Italy. And I, I think one of the things that a, a lot of people haven't necessarily been discussing as an angle of it that I saw brought up on uh, one of kind of funny shows is that there's the risk if you're traveling internationally that you get stuck, you know, yes. like yeah. all of a sudden they, they shut down the Boston the airport and you're stuck at Paxi's. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's know? a ton of people stuck, uh, British um Patriots stuck in Tenerife at the moment. Yeah, because, yeah uh, the, the hotel. There was a hotel that got like put in lockdown. Right. And they're they're fine. They've been tested, but the airline has said we're not flying home from there at the moment. Right. So, like with that in mind, I don't think that you know that's what these companies I think are trying to avoid is that yeah. especially oh. like for GDC, like that's a development conference. Those are the people you do not want to lose at like this mm-hmm. time when you're ramping up to E3 in a few yeah. months' time. And you can't afford it. You can't afford it. Right. Where you're gonna have to market them and production and all these things that are going to be important that you just can't risk people getting sick also just risking your employees health it's not something you want to do right now or be seen to be doing even if there's not that much of a risk yeah i think it's it's a thing that like yeah it stinks that you know playstation didn't go to pax and some people didn't get to play the last of us too but like how much does that actually affect the last of us yeah. as a product probably it's not coming out a, it's coming out in a couple of months people are always right. going to play it and i don't think a demo is going to push people into buying no. it that weren't already ready for it and their developers getting sick or getting stuck somewhere and not being able to work for weeks, that yeah. has a huge cost. So, yeah, like it's, it's kind of a no-brainer from their perspective. Like, do I think it's a bit of an overreaction? Yeah, but better safe than sorry, right? Yeah. I mean, it's video games. Video games will always happen. Nothing's going to cease to exist. This huge entire you know, industry, the, one of the biggest industries in the world isn't going to collapse because a couple of conferences didn't happen. Maybe some, maybe some big companies don't make the, the figures they were hoping to make. Maybe some consoles get delayed, but at the end of the day, it's, it's going to happen eventually. Isn't it? So. Yeah. yeah, I don't, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the worst fallout that we're going to see is what we're seeing right now. And the I, Nintendo I Direct's being delayed. Yeah, you're right. That is the, <laughs> that is... Yeah, it's such a big drought of news like that whole animal crossing showcase yeah, yeah that didn't count because it's about one game right yeah, yeah that's not a direct this has been officially now i think it's literally as of today so the last biggest drought that people were counting had the mini direct inside it so mm-hmm. it had like direct general direct general direct mini direct was in there we're now officially the first point we've been from another direct that a general direct, direct not a yeah, yeah, yeah. there was yeah because yeah, that's we just had Animal Crossing, and we had a Pokemon Direct, and, and we had a Smash presentation, and we had an Indie Direct. So it's it's not like there's been a drought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it would be nice to know what's going to happen after March 21st. But they've got three weeks to do that. We'll see what happens. Um, and that's my, that's my, like, everyone's like, we don't know what's happening after Animal Crossing. It's like, yeah, they have a lot of time to tell us. It's okay, guys. Yeah, Relax. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah, still yeah. making <laughs> games. I promise. I also don't get it because it's like, well, what are PlayStation and Xbox doing? Like I the mean, biggest game that those consoles uh, had the was Cyber, Cyberpunk, and that got pushed to the back half of the year. Yeah, I guess the PlayStation has The Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima. We know that's coming this year. They have year. two games in development, and they're both talking about new hardware. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like, whatever. But none of them have done like a big glitzy presentation. No, not yet. 2020. Sure. Not yet. We'll see, won't we? We'll see what happens. 
yeah, that, that we've got to the end of the document. That means we've probably got to the end of the show. Uh, so well done, guys. We made it to an. We did it, guys. Round of applause. Round of applause. I know this is a long, a long one for you. Nothing, none of this is going to be edited out. It's just going to be a, a full-on show for all of us. Thanks for coming on, guys. I've, I've really enjoyed uh, talking to you again about games uh, in a face-to-face setting. Um, it's been really nice to come on and not have uh, Parker and AJ uh, on here as well. I'm joking. I like wow. I like being on Parker and AJ. I miss them. So I miss them a lot. I miss them a lot. But they're having hey, a great time. out there, you should like me because I like them. They're having, like they're having a great time. Oh, I'm not a bully. I just bully people. Uh, not all. Not no. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not gonna love Um Yeah. Thanks for coming on, guys. I really enjoyed myself. Thanks for uh, coming on and, and talking games. I think we've had a few good hot takes. Been a good week for news. Uh, hopefully the next time we're all on together there'll be a Nintendo Direct or something to, to discuss and some big old bombshells to talk about so thanks for listening everyone um, obviously next week we'll be back to normal we'll have uh, Parker and AJ back on uh, who'll be the guest who knows could be Pete again for his first time nice one uh, but yeah if you guys liked what you heard this time around make sure you go check out the podcast over on uh, any podcast hosting platform we're all over the place uh, you can also check us out at loopots.com for all the stuff that we got going on our news our reviews uh, head over to our YouTube channel we got some videos um, so yeah if you like what the Fanatics guys do over here I'm sure you like what we do over there as well absolutely hope you'll come join us nice one alright thanks guys see you later see ya